sports world. Oh, it's good to be back. The Green and White Report 2020 edition. We're still here, believe it or not. I know you missed us. Ryan Rabinowitz, Julian Mitchell, nowhere to be found today. But he's Ryan a, Collins right is here. here. That's terrible radio. Is it? I don't know. Right Julian, here. get on the mic for a second. I'm here. I'm okay, alive. Here's the situation, everyone. Julian has to cover the basketball game today. 1.30 tip, Michigan, Michigan State. We'll talk about it, so stick around. But he's not on the show today. He's got to warm up the vocals. He has a very rigorous stretching and meditation routine that he has to do before he jumps on the call. So we're going to give Julian a day off. But he's here. Can you, Julian, can you get back on? How was your break real quick? Just just step up. How was your break? How are, how are things going at home? Yeah, Collins, explain to Julian what I just asked. He doesn't have headphones on. Throw the headphones oh, on. Oh, my break was great. It was good. a good time. Went back to St. Louis, you know, chilled out for a while, chilled with the family. Didn't get to go back for uh, Thanksgiving, so it was good to go back, see the family and everybody. Good. Do you have any New Year's resolutions that you feel free to share on the on the airwaves? See, I don't really do New Year's resolutions, okay. um, but I do have a couple. I put on my pants this morning, and I was like, this is a problem. Ooh. So uh, I think we're going to the gym. We're okay. going to start doing that. And um, hopefully just graduate. That's the biggest thing this year. Yeah, it's a good goal to have. It's a game-time decision whether I'm going to pass or fail, but uh, we'll see what happens. I love it. Well, Julian, it's good to see you again. I know you're, you're a busy man today, so. Yeah, you know, this is about to be the busiest second semester, a lot of basketball stuff, but it's going to be good. I'll be back next Sunday. we got to talk about uh, Star Wars. Yes, we do. All right, we sh- yeah, that's There's good. a debate on the way. Someone write that down. There's a debate in the works. But, yes, Julian is here today. I'm sorry for lying to everyone and saying that he wasn't here. Because I am here. You are now. here, but you got to go soon. So that's why we have Ryan Collins is doing double duty today producing and on the mic. I don't know if he can handle it. We'll I don't see, know we'll either because it's hard for Collins to do his one job being the producer. <laughs> so to do two is going to be tough. But, well, Collins, it's just you and me today. Well, I'll say one thing. We will not be talking about Star Wars this week because I have not seen one of those films. Well, we'll fine then. Don't show up next week. We'll yeah. do it next week. Yeah, I guess. Um, all right. We're rolling into 2020. This is a, a, apparently episode 127 of the Green and White Report. Uh, Whoa. So we, yeah. Whoa. Time moves pretty fast. Yes, it does. Um, so thank you guys for joining us here in 2020. Hope your holiday was great. Hope your New Year's was great. Uh, but we're back to work here today on the Green and White Report. Feeling good. Oh, feeling great. I I, I woke up this morning, sent you the occasional, like the usual text, seize yeah, the day. Seize the day. I was fired up. I'm fired up for today. I threw on a uh, threw on a pot of coffee this morning, drinking it black because I'm a man. Put some hair on my chest, growing up a little bit. That's one of my New Year's resolutions is to is to be more of a man, do more manly things, such as drink black coffee and use hammers more frequently. Who cares? I, I all that masculine stuff. I don't care. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh maybe stop swearing because it's such an actual issue for me. I cannot. It's stop just swearing. part of who you are. No, I, I know, but like at the same time, when I'm talking to like family members and I'm dropping f bombs left and right, I need to look, check myself and like look in the mirror. Now, can I ask: Is your is your mother okay with you swearing around her? It's it goes back and forth. She doesn't care sometimes, but if I drop like a if I drop like an f bomb or a p bomb, she gets not happy about it. Yeah. Ryan, whatever your middle name is, Collins. Ryan Joseph. Ryan Joseph. Yeah. yeah. She just, Ryan Joseph. Not happy. Not happy. I hear you. Uh, that's it. So I got stop swearing. Are you really that bad at it? I mean, I I'm around I mean, you, you enough. We you are, we uh, talk on a frequent basis. You yeah, should I know. Am, I am too. I'm I'm bad at that too. I would say my New Year's resolution number one: be less fat. It's always a good one. 
I got spring break coming up in two months. Are you going somewhere? Miami. Are you going to do uh, January dry? No, I can't. <laughs> I like it's very look. It's very admirable to the people that can, you know, you, they can put the booze away. They can clean their clean their act up. I'm not that strong. Okay. Yeah, I mean, my, last semester of college, you got to lock in. My my problem is like I don't need to be coming home from the bar and eating like like a whole pizza or or going every time I go out to the gas station grabbing a pack of M and M's. Not that I do. But it's the little things. You gotta. It's my everything's fine in moderation. I'm not gonna change. I don't want to live the rest of my life in fear of like ice cream and cookies and cake. I can't. It's who I am. It's part of who I am. It's yeah. who. It's what made me who I am today. But the problem is, is when you're trying to squeeze into a bathing suit and you got people looking at you. I'm in my own head what all the time. What do you mean squeeze into a bathing suit? You wearing like a two piece? No, to I'm not wearing a two piece. I might have to if I still look like this by the time spring break comes around. I'm wearing a t shirt in the pool. <laughs> but I'm, no, it's just for the sun. I'm going to wear a long sleeve dry fit t shirt. No, it's for the sun. It's not because I'm uncomfortable with my body. But okay. that's, it is, that's I just, sad. you got to clean up the diet a little bit. It is what it is. I probably yes. should stop eating past 10 p.m. Dude, I got to put away the Cheez Its. I'm really? like addicted to Cheez Its. I don't really like Cheez Its or, I don't want to say they're overrated, but. Fishies or Cheez-Its? What are you? Say goldfish, actually. Fishies. Goldfish. Goldfish or Cheez-Its? It's Cheez-Its in a landslide. I don't know about a landslide. I, I mean, if we're talking flavor-blasted goldfish, that's a different discussion. And if we're talking reduced-fat Cheez-Its, that's a different <laughs> discussion, too. I hear you. Okay. Whatever. We got a lot to talk about today, though. We do. You don't want me to talk about my, 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 my ugh, new... I can't even talk. What, what happened at your New Year? What happened in my new year? What do you mean? Like, I mean, what the, happened in your holidays, whatever. Is that what you're trying to talk about? I don't know. Yeah, or my other New Year's resolutions. I want to read more books. Huh? Okay. No, uh, who reads books in 2019 slash 2020? I don't know. Not everyone can own a Kindle. I don't know if that's what you're No, I'm just saying, to. like, that's a lot of, like, that's a lot of my time. <laughs> and like, you're bettering yourself. Do some reading. Are you, though? Just reading one book is bettering yourself than facilitating it's all about gaining a wealth of knowledge oh i got a good one then what are, what are some things on your msu sports wish list in 2020 hire competent coordinators for the football team okay i'll allow it i like yeah. that i can get behind that i'd like to win the natty this year in basketball i say they i like i'm on it. the team i would like to see michigan state basketball win the national championship this and year. my apartment and my apartment burns down to the ground literally because oh, yeah, you are deep in the heart of cedar village yes That'd I'll be throw, a good time. I'll throw a Molotov cocktail through your window. Collins, we did it. Um, yeah. We are. I do have to mention, too, before we get moving into the sports segment of our show, and we say segment because we talk about nonsense for probably way too long, uh, big news here in 2020 already. I don't know who took care of this or who did this. Stephanie. Stephanie, yeah, legend. Sh yeah, shout, shout out, out Stephanie. Stephanie. Legend. Uh, we are now on iTunes and Spotify under our own, I don't know, portfolio, if you want to call. Yeah. It, it, like, if you want to listen to Green and White Report, they got their own Spotify page. If you want to listen to Motown Rundown, they got their own Spotify page. If you want to listen to Impact Izone, you get your own Spotify page. Yes. So it's a lot easier to listen. It is a lot easier to listen. So if you miss an episode of the Green and White Report, you go on to your Spotify, not a big deal. Type in Green and White Report or Impact 89 FM WDBM. You'll have all our episodes there. We're on iTunes as well for you people. We don't discriminate. iTunes, Apple Music people, whatever. Uh, so thank you to Steph and whoever else helped put that together because that's huge for us. Yep. Because it, it used to be a mess trying to find all these episodes of the Green and White Report. Yep. It, it was. So 
awesome, cool. 2020 off to a hot start here at the station. Uh, all right, let's get into some basketball stuff. We have a lot to do today, folks. Michigan State basketball, they take on Michigan today at the Breslin Center at 1.30. We will talk MSU football because I know everyone forgot that they had a bowl game a couple weeks ago, but we will talk about that in the future of MSU football. MSU hockey is on the slate as well. We will talk college football playoff and bowl games in general. We have the Sparty Awards today, things we need to leave behind in 2019. Should be a good one. We will wrap up the show today with some NFL playoff talk, some great games yesterday, some great games today as well. We will talk about all of that here on the Green and White Report. If you want to join the show today, I will throw the phone number out. We still don't know how to use the phone. 517-432-3893. You can try to call us. I can't promise you that we'll be able to answer it and get you on the radio, but why not? It'd be nice to see the phone ring. If you want to text us, I recommend that that method of communication, 517-884-8989. Text us if you want to weigh in on anything that we're talking about here today. Leave your name. We can shout you out. No, no silly names here. Please don't make me read something stupid on, on, the, uh, on the airwaves here. But if you want to join the show, those are your options. Or you can tweet us at WDBM Sports, hashtag GW Report. Okay, we will move in now. Michigan State basketball on the clock. Michigan State sits at 11-3 on the year. They top the Big Ten being 3-0 and in conference play. A lot of games going on. When we were away for the break, couple blowout wins. You blow out Oakland. Uh, who else they blow out? Eastern. Yeah, Western. Yeah, Western. They took care of business. Uh, some games that, you know, you, those are blowout games that you like to see happen. Obviously, you don't want to sweat through a close one. They did sweat through a close one against Northwestern on the road. Uh, whatever. Most recent game, 76-56 win over Illinois. That was on Thursday at the Breslin Center. Cassius Winston, 21 points in that game. Uh, shocking. Xavier Tillman, 19.7 assists. Marcus Bingham, by the way, zero points, 12 rebounds. I don't know how many blocks he had, but I awesome defensively. Incredible defensive game for him. That just goes to show, you know, when you watch those games, the stats don't tell all, even though, look, 12 rebounds and five blocks or whatever it was is pretty impressive. Uh, great game from him as well. Uh, Collins, you love the uh, you love the Izzo alumni. Oh, it's a great idea. It is, I, it I, it I is tremendous. It, I think it's like their sixth year or seventh year doing it. It's a fantastic idea. The place buzzes. Because, like, you know those people, like, that's, like, their one thing they get to do with, like, their buddies yeah. over break. Yeah, you got like, Bob Bob Williams has four kids, and he's 45 years old and hates his job. But he's like, boys, like, the the alumni Izzo game is coming up. We're going to Trunchies before the game, yeah. having a couple, then going to the game, and then getting after it after. Yeah, that's great. Even though great. they probably have to drive home. They were, yeah, to, yeah. Their, to their families. They, yeah. they were... They were buzzing. It was great. They might have been louder than the students actually are. Oh, they are. On a regular basis. They are. They are. And I'm not a slight at the students, but step your game mm. up. The, the Izzone alumni has, has set the bar even higher. Ryan Cole was in attendance. Yeah. He, he was I, loving it. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. I love fire shirts. Yeah. Like, you get a free shirt, I'm in. Like, if I'm an alumni of the Izzone, I'm going every year just for that shirt. I agree. I agree. Um. So, uh, I guess we can talk about some... Some of the games that happened over break uh, and, and, and as a whole, I just look. I understand that you're playing opponents like Western, you're playing your Easterns, you're playing your Oaklands teams that you should beat up on, and you did. Uh, and I look at the Illinois game too as a 20 point victory. That game was close for a while, and and I, admittedly, when I was watching the game, I got that feeling of you know Illinois started to pick up momentum going into halftime. And I was like, this is going to be another Michigan State basketball game where I'm sweating it out to the final buzzer and they're going to end up winning by a close one and you're going to walk away and no one's going to be confident about this team. But 
I think this team is really coming together. And again, you you beat up on on lesser opponents, but you're starting to see guys like Aaron Henry gain some more confidence. Gabe Brown's getting involved in the offense a lot more. Uh, you're seeing some great things out of him. Marcus Bingham played, I think, like 21 minutes against Illinois. I've been saying for weeks he needs to play more. I'm curious to see how they play him today. Obviously, John Teske comes in for Michigan, and that's a guy you got to key in on. I'm sure Tillman will be on him all day. I don't know if they want to try Bingham on him because I think Teske might outweigh t- might outweigh Bingham by a hundred pounds. It's not even that though. Like you saw to- Trophy Cockburn from uh, Illinois, who's you you see pictures of the guy. I think he's like seven two, like yeah, two. He's he just an absolute four. He's just a massive dude, and like Bingham will get like beat physically on a couple rebounds, but his length just causes such a disruption. Yeah. So it, it, I, I would be curious to see if they throw Bingham on Teske, even though Teske's drastically improved from what he was last year, especially in his low post game. He gets the ball down on the block. It's a good chance there's going to be two points on the board. But looking at that power forward position, at the beginning of the year, you looked at Thomas Kithier after the Kentucky game. You're like, you know what? He, he did a lot of good things. He's a good passer. He works around the offense. And then after that, it, it's just kind of been a revolving door. And Bingham has showed you the most, yeah. which is pretty surprising after him basically being a non-factor last year. I think Malik Hall, too, is a guy that's that's just simply more athletic than than Kithier. And I hate to rag on the guy because, as you said, Kithier looked pretty good in the, in the opening games. But I just think it's there's kind of a – I don't know if it's other guys stepping up or him just kind of finding his level, but I don't think he brings you enough on the offensive side of the ball for him to really for, – for me to justify playing him more minutes over a Bingham or Malik Hall. Granted, Malik Hall – demonstrates that he's a freshman many times per game. Bingham does the same thing, too. There's times where you scratch your head going like, like I mean, not that Bingham's a freshman, um, but I, I think, if anything, you know, we always joke about, you know, if you have if you have two power fours, you really have one, like yeah. those kind of things. But I, but there's the, the, the thing to me that I've really taken away from these, these last handful of games is they have multiple avenues of scoring the basketball and guys that bring different things to the table. I mean, between... Kyle Ahrens, who you can throw in, he can get hot right away, or just as a, as a presence, as an energy guy to play to, to play some hard defense for you. Rocket Watts, especially against Illinois, and he was hurt a couple games too when we were away for the break. Uh, but that's that's a guy too going forward. You know, you hope that's a guy that sticks around Michigan State for a while because he is an NBA talent in my opinion, and I think mm-hmm. the opinion of, of many others too. He's got a lot to his game, man. He, he really does. He, great I- lockdown defender. Love him. Love watching him. He can't shoot. Like he just he, can't he shot shoot. Fi- he shot fine against Illinois. He's he's a volume shooter who can't shoot right now. I think he'll figure it out. He's a guy who's gonna need a couple of years to develop here at Michigan State because I do think once Rocket gets in the lane, it's basically like volleyball practice. It's getting blocked almost every single time he goes into the lane. But uh, when we're talking about Thomas Kithier, Malik Hall, and that Bingham, I, I we like I said, I think Bingham's a number one right now. But I think Kithier is still your number two guy because I do think he provides. Like, on the offensive end, I know Malik Hall might be able to score more than Thomas Kithier. I think Kithier and Tillman's, like, connection, they're really two good bids at passing the basketball, and I think that offense works a little better that way. And Malik Hall is sometimes borderline unplayable on the defensive end. He, 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 like you said, he's a freshman. Yeah. And, and, and I, I wonder if they maybe bring Marble into the mitts as they get down the Big Ten stretch a little bit more, maybe a bigger-bodied guy give you like two or three fouls a game, just play him three or four minutes a game. Yeah. I'm curious to see if they do that as the Big Ten schedule gets a little bit tougher. But I, I, looking at the break, I think Foster Lawyer's kind of been a story. 
I know, I know you're playing cupcakes and stuff. Right. He's actually been assertive. Like, he hadn't been doing that for the first year and whatever until Rocker Watts went down. He's starting to actually look for his own shot, which is something he needs to do if he wants to be able to play at this level. Yeah, I, that's that. It was the game against Western, correct? When when yes. Foster started the game because Cassius did not play in that game. I think he dropped like sixteen or seventeen points. Foster Lawyer in that game and in games since has been doing things that I've been waiting for him to do for the last two years. And he's he left as far as the state of Michigan in high school basketball is concerned. He's one of the best shooters ever, percentage wise, points wise, to ever play in the state. And he like almost refused to shoot the ball. So I, I, I like the way they run him off screens. He's a great pick and pop sh- or, or pop and shot guy. Um, I, I think to your point about his, his assertiveness, he seems to be more comfortable in the offense of at least making plays and making. He's a great passer too. Yeah. He facilitates the game very well. I thought Jack Hoiberg actually played did pretty a, well he did too when nice he job. came in against Western. So you have to just understand where you're at. Rocket on the floor with with lawyer helps him a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But I but I I think that if you're Foster Lawyer, when you come in games like that, you know your 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 job is not to drive the lane and try to get easy layups like Cassius can do, or you know he's not a guy that's going to float balls in like Cassius does from ten feet away from the rim. But if if you can get Foster Lawyer open look, he's a knockdown shooter. That's he's yeah. one of your best shooters on the team. So for the longest time, you look at Foster and go. He doesn't even deserve to be on the floor with these guys. But the thing is, is I think, you know, part of what Izzo's job is to find, okay, what is the role that Foster plays when he comes into the game? He's not a Cassius Winston. He doesn't have the dynamic game that Cassius does. But the the kid can shoot. If he can get him open looks, you know, you facilitate the offense, run him off a screen, take, I mean, again, 16, 17 points against Western. If you can get that out of your backup point guard, granted, he played a ton of minutes that game, but I'll take it every day of the week. I, I think it's also the fact where, He's on a short leash, and he just had no confidence. I think you're starting to see a little confidence from Foster. You can't be that good of a high school basketball high school basketball player like Foster was, and just like look like you don't belong on the same floor Correct. with guys from like Illinois and Northwestern. Like he it, like guys flat out one of the best high school basketball players I've ever seen in the state of Michigan. Yes, I get that it's a different level of competition. He could get a shot off a lot easier. The guy didn't miss. I saw him put up 40 points in the first half against De La Salle in the state semis. Like, the guy could flat out play. So I think that's a factor, but other names, Gabe Brown is t- definitely taking a step this been year. been awesome, yeah. He, he's filled in that role. Not that Laneford did, but he's trying his best to kind of ease the loss there. But I, I, the X factor on this team is Aaron Henry. I, I, I don't think it's any question. When he's himself, this team's a different basketball team because it once when he's getting into the lane, he'll knock down an occasional three. Yeah. Like that LSU Sweet Sixteen game where you had Gabe Brown and Aaron Henry play probably their best games of their careers last year. That's the formula Michigan State's gonna have to use for them to be an elite team because. It, like Cassius is going to be Cassius. I think he's right. kind of found his footing. You saw that against Illinois on Thursday. But you need Aaron Henry to be your second best player on this team, I think. Because yeah. just as good as Tillman's played recently, like Aaron Henry can create his own shot for a lot of different people on this Michigan State team. I was really pleased to see in the last handful of games, so I thought the chemistry just looked better. Like against Illinois, there were possessions that Michigan State had where their ball movement was just 
on a dime. It was beautiful. And and they, you know, the, obviously Michigan State's bread and butter is the pick and roll with Tillman and, and Winston. And uh, as you, you've said before, too, that teams have started to kind of figure that out a bit. Yeah. But they're, again, against Illinois especially, they it, it seemed to work a couple times. You know, Cash is able to get the ball to Tillman, and he really has a lot of open looks at the, at the, at the hoop. So I, I think the, the ball movement and the chemistry and just the confidence with sharing the ball – has really come along the last couple games. You talk about Aaron Henry as a guy who we Michigan State needs to be the number two guy. Yeah, and he's a guy too who I think early on maybe struggled in that role of being confident with his shots. He is a big, physical, almost freak of an athlete. So when he puts the ball on the floor and gets to the hoop, I mean, he's really good at finishing around the rim. I'm I'm very impressed with how he can control his body in the air. When he gets he gets fouled a lot too. When he gets to the rim, he's a pretty decent mid range shooter as well. I don't. I'd like to see him shoot less threes because he's not a tremendous three point shooter. But you you just kind of have seen the last couple games that any concerns that you've maybe had about the depth of this team, I think have been alleviated. And I I always look at. I scratch my head sometimes when Kyle Aaron doesn't get a ton of minutes. I'd like to see Julius Marble play a bit more. Even as you said, if you're playing him a handful of minutes to give a guy a rest, he's a big physical body. I mean, you've seen the guy drive drive to the hole and, and, and ruin people's lives, you know, dunking the basketball over people, which is great to see. Um, but he is a presence and a physical presence down low as well. So I don't know, man. Again, I know they're playing – they haven't played some tremendous talent. I mean, Michigan fell to Illinois earlier this year, so that's a pretty I mean, that's again a Big Ten win. The Big Ten's good this year, obviously. Uh, yeah, Big Ten's weird this year. Just like very weird in general. And Michigan State's caught a break this year with their scheduling. They like you look at this January. Michigan State beats Michigan. Their toughest game for a month is at Purdue. And Purdue's not that great this year. Right. I know going into Mackey's a very tough test, and Michigan State usually doesn't pass that test. But you beat Michigan today. You put yourself in the position to be almost up one or two games in the Big Ten heading into February. Yeah, let's let's roll into the Michigan game now. Uh, obviously, Michigan State, Michigan, one thirty here in East Lansing from the Breslin Center. Again, Julian Mitchell and Eric Bach on the call right here on eighty-eight point nine. Uh, so stay tuned for that after we're done here on the air. Uh, Wolverines come in. They're ranked twelfth in the nation, ten and three overall, one and one in conference play. Isaiah Livers listed as questionable, probably not playing today. Don't know when they're going to get him back. By the way, either it it started out like he's for, out for a month, like he was out indefinitely, and then it was like he's going to be out for a month, and then like two days ago when Juwan Howard had his press conference, he goes he's still day to day. So they kind of like switched it up. I, I would assume he'll be back sometime like next week, maybe. I don't know. Good player, though. Really good player. This I would say, too. I mean, you know, obviously Michigan State was tested early with, you know, you see Kentucky and you see Duke. Um, the biggest test you've had here in a while. Um, I, and I think if you were to ask at least me a couple weeks ago of how I felt about this game, I'd be a little bit nervous. And it's a rivalry game. And, you know, obviously both teams get up for this one. It helps that you get the first one out of the way at the Breslin. Um, my biggest matchup is obviously who is going to be Tillman and, and John Teske today, in my opinion. I think I think you match up pretty well everywhere else on the floor, but you know Teske obviously Tillman's a bit undersized playing the position that he does. Um, I'm curious to see again. As I said, I don't know where they throw Marcus Bingham into that mix because yeah. he's, he's, as you said, he's long. He's a rim protector and. You know, there there are a couple times where he gets spun off of in the post, and you're like, "Wow, this guy actually might not be able to defend anyone." But if he if he can keep Teske away from the rim and make him shoot the mid range shot, he likes to shoot threes for some reason too, Teske. Um, but I, I I think that's the matchup to watch today. 
it's always you know whatever people talk about the 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 Simpson and Winston matchup like it's like it's anything comparable as beyond me because I don't think Simpson's all that good to be completely honest with you can't shoot the basketball and you'll see that today unless of course you know as Michigan State's luck will have it they, they'll get a guy that shoot that scores 35 points today um, but but I have to feel and if you're a Michigan State fan and not just being a slappy you have to feel pretty confident going into this game Michigan State is 10 point favorites in Vegas right today. which is bizarre but I Wild. like it I, <laughs> I, like I, it. I mean I, I don't think it's that big of a difference I understand Michigan Probably not having their best all-around player in Isaiah Livers is a factor, which it is. Yeah, it, like it, it definitely is. But ten and points—that'll be, that'll be their excuse if they fall today. By the way, I whatever. Fair but like that—like that's ten, 10 points seems like too much. Whatever. I'm not telling Vegas what to do. But when you look at this, I think Bingham will get testy to start the game, and then you'll see Tillman just kind of settle in because I Izzo, I think it's going to figure out if Tillman's not on the floor, they're in major trouble. Yeah. Like, he, they, he can't be in foul trouble. Like, you saw that in the Duke game. Once he went out, that game went completely sideways. He's too crucial to the whole defensive steam. But when you talked about Cassius Winston and Xavier Simpson, I, I, I think the, like, the contrast of the last two years is just so different. Where, like, Xavier Simpson absolutely locked up Cassius Winston – and then last year where Cassius is straight up was the best player in college basketball when he yeah. was playing the University of Michigan will be interesting. Another thing, Michigan doesn't have A.D. Rostakis anymore. I think Michigan State's praising the gods they don't because if A.D. Rostakis doesn't get in foul trouble in two of those three games, those are probably different outcomes because he just flat out couldn't miss in the Breslin Center last year. But... This team's always in a matter. When you look at this Michigan roster, a guy that I, I see that could probably present a little bit of issue for Michigan State is Franz Wadner, Mo Wadner's little brother. He hasn't been able to shoot the ball all that well earlier in the year, but you saw against Oregon at that game at Chrysler this year that was a great game between two really good teams. Yep. Wadner can be a like a crucial part of this team. If he can knock down a couple of threes, he becomes a legit pro prospect. So I, I think that's one guy Michigan State's going to have to key in on. But if Cassius gets shut down, which has been a question the last two years, where does it go? And I think Michigan State's got enough options this year to get past that hump. I agree. I think Michigan State's a lot deeper, too. And, and if, if look, for Michigan State today, in my, in my opinion, you've got to just play your own game. And I know it's the, the most one of the most cliche things that you can say, but Michigan likes to play this a bit slower, methodical style of basketball. If you can look, if you if you can keep people away from the basket on the defensive end for Michigan State, and you run that floor, do what you do in transition. Uh, they're a great fast break team, and, and I mean again, you know, you're you're not you're missing Isaiah Livers if you're Michigan. Um, but at the end of the day, I just think you're an overall better team. I know the line is nine, ten points, whatever, which yeah. you know part of that actually scares me, but. Either way, I mean, I, you have to feel pretty good about it coming into this game. Aaron Henry, too, again, if, as you said, if, if Simpson is able to play you know, the defense that you've seen him be able to play against catches in the past, not so much last year, this is a game for Aaron Henry to step up and a game for Gabe Brown, too, because I'm waiting for Gabe Brown to play a, a, you know, a, a better opponent and have one of his coming out games. You know, He's been great against the last handful of teams that haven't been as good, but that's another guy that you can, if, you can, if he can rise to the occasion, he's just as good as Aaron and Henry can be. Yep. He really is. And he, it, he, he like he develops his game a little bit more. He's a pro prospect too. 
Like he yeah. actually is. Like his vertical ability, his ab- ability to knock down a three point shot. Like he has an opportunity to play in the NBA someday if he's able to develop in some other areas. One thing I'll say about today's game: doesn't it suck when it's been being played the Sunday like right before all the students come back? Yeah. Like last year, every Michigan and Michigan State game. Like I get it, it was later in the year and teams were like contending for the Big Ten late yeah. into the year. But it just had a different feeling. Today doesn't have that feeling. You're, yeah, you're, you're right. You're not jacked up for today. Yeah, the games uh, wasn't one of the games on St. Patrick's Day. It was no, that was yeah, Big Ten tournament championship game. Yeah, St. Pat's I went into a, a packed Reno's East. It was awesome. Yeah, but yeah. I I agree. I, the, the way they schedule these games, like these big games, and it's it sucks too. Like you got the NFL playoffs going on too. So you got the Vikings and Saints are going to kick off at one o'clock. Yeah, you got this game at one thirty. There's another like if this was a nighttime game would have been great. But again, it's Sunday. People got class tomorrow. It's tough. I don't know. I hear you, though. But it's either like, way, you, the Izone's going to be bumping today. No, it will be. But, like, for all those people in the Izone and for all these people at Michigan State, once that game ends, just the worst case of Sunday stares of all time. You're going to be like, oh, no. Ugh. There's no more, like, things I can look forward to except school tomorrow morning at, like, 8 a.m. Yeah, there is that really rough period from, like, January until spring break where you're, like, especially if it starts snowing here yeah. and it's still dark and you wake up every day and you're, like, this is, I'm living in a simulation. Yes. This is terrible. Um, I will leave you, I will ask you one more question that we can toss around here before we go to break. Um, we, we, will, we will have Michigan State football to talk about too today, so I know you're excited to talk about that. A little more animated talk there. <laughs> okay, good. Um, who is the best team in the Big Ten right now, basketball Michigan State. And I think, I think Michigan, so. I, I truly, I, this not, I don't know if this is a hot take. I think it's just based on the way Michigan State got scheduled this year, catching a couple breaks, not having to go play at Ohio State. I think they do have to go play at Maryland, but Maryland's not who we thought they were earlier right. in the season. I just think Michigan State caught those breaks, and I also think Michigan State has the best player in the bid time in Cassius Winston, and if he's himself, they're going to be fine. So I, I think Michigan State actually wins the bid time by one or two games. It's like I, I don't think you see any shares this year. I think you see an outright bid time title for Michigan State for the second straight year. Once again, Michigan State and Michigan will take place today at the Breslin Center in East Lansing, Michigan, 1.30 p.m. tip. You're going to want to stay right here, 88.9, Julian Mitchell and Eric Bach on the call. Before we go to break, though, we got a text that came in, believe it or not. Uh, I don't know who this is from. They didn't leave their name. It said, maybe next week when Julian is back, I want to hear everyone's top three or five albums of the last decade. I will tell you right now, no one's going to agree with mine because mine are going to be all country albums. But It, it would be a lot different list. Yes. Yeah. E- either way, great suggestion. Thank you for texting in, and we will keep that in mind. Uh, we're going to go to a quick break here. We will have Michigan State football. We'll wrap the season up on the other side of this break. If you want to join the show, call us at 517-432-3893 or text us 517 517- 884-8989. Again, please text us. We do not know how to work the phone yet. That is one of our New Year's resolutions as a team here is to learn how to work the phone. Especially for me, the person who's supposed to know how to work the phone. It's okay. No harm, no foul. Uh, if you want to tweet us at WDBM Sports, the hashtag is GW Report. We will be right back, folks. You are listening to the Green and White Report. Your source for commercial free music. 88.9 The, impact. the music that matters. 
Excuse me. Excuse me, everyone. Can I have your attention, please? Thank you all for coming out tonight. I have a big announcement to make. The Impact and I are getting married! Now you've got even more reasons to love The Impact. We've got prizes, great shows, and stunning good looks. But that's not all. Check out our website at impact89fm.org for exclusive videos, music and concert reviews, local current events, and more. It's easy to see why people fall in love with The Impact. 89FM. Man, I'm so glad you bought this tandem bike. Yeah, bikes are great because you can ride wherever you want. On the street and on the sidewalk. And into the grocery store. And down this escalator. And on the grass. And across this intersection because we have the right of way. The League of Michigan Bicyclists wants to remind you that bikers should obey all street traffic laws. That means stopping at signs or lights and signaling turns. So no matter how you choose to get around, please share the road. A message from The Impact. Welcome back to the Green and White Reports. The boys are back in town. First episode of 2020. Thanks for joining us on a Sunday. Ryan Rabinowitz, Ryan Collins, and the only two in studio. Yeah, it's wild. I Just, like it when it's quiet. This song gets you juice, though. It does, yeah. There's nothing better than playing this in the car when you're five minutes out from getting off the exit, exit 110, Mason Oak and Miss Exit, and you're like, yeah, the boys are back in town. One last semester for me. Uh, is it sudden in? Um, I think when I got back when I got back to my house yesterday from making that drive up, great fade by the way. You're already off to a hot start. Um, it, 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 we walked into the house and one of my other roommates was there, and we just kind of looked at each other like, "Hmm, this is it." <laughs> it was it was a little. We could feel it in the air because this is the, like the last time you know you come back from break and excited to get into semester number two here in this school year, but. A lot of last, a lot of last. But again, dude, there's a, there's a lot of months left. You yes. know, we gotta you gotta enjoy every day. That's one of my big New Year's resolutions, and I will preach to the senior class and anyone here in Michigan. You gotta enjoy every day. You cannot waste a day up here. Code word at go out three times a week. <laughs> yeah, for a guy that only has class Monday and Wednesday uh, this watch semester. Out. Yeah, watch, watch out. out. We'll see it. We'll see it on uh, Grand River. Um, moving into Michigan State football now, the new era pinstripe bowl. Uh, that happened. People might have forgotten about that. Uh, I know I sure did. But I, I, I will say this, though. I did, once the game came around, I got right back in the mood. I was like, all right, Michigan State football's here. I know the, the bowl game meant nothing, but I was I was locked in. Uh, before we get rolling here on that, if you want to join the show again, text us 517-884-8989 if you have any thoughts on Michigan State football and their performance in that bowl game. Obviously a 27-21 win over Wake Forest. Michigan State will finish the year 7-6. and six. Brian Lewerke, MVP in that game, his last start as a Michigan State Spartan. He was 26 for 37 through the air, 320 yards and two touchdowns. Elijah Collins, 21 carries, 96 yards. Cody White, eight catches, 97 yards and a touchdown. Mike Panishuk, first touchdown of his career in his last game as a Spartan. Uh, pretty cool to see. Uh, I don't know, Collins. How'd you feel watching the game? Like for me, I, I you know it was almost at a certain point like background noise to me. Um, me and my buddies went to Top Golf during that game, so I was like, I was checking the score. I was trying to watch on my phone. Like I cared, but I didn't. Um, you know, again, twenty-seven points for the Michigan State team. Gr- granted, uh, six of those points come from the defense, but I don't know. Uh, Football's football at Michigan State, man. Like you got to get up for the game. Yeah, I, it is tough to like describe because for a program that was competing for 
like major bowls, New Year's sits bowls, having a ch- chance to play in the playoff. Like watching a Rose Bowl and just thinking to myself, wow, I was there like six years ago watching Michigan State football play. Yeah. And now we were playing in the pinstripe bowl. Like, like it, it, it's a sobering real like realization. I did not say that word right. Can you say that for me? Realization. Thank you. But uh, I mean, Brian Lorkey had his like best game of the year in his last game. Thanks. I, like, <laughs> I was like, thanks, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, uh, I guess Wade's D's is like that bad. But other than that, I mean, takeaways. I think they're gonna have really good weapons on the offensive side of the football next year. Even though you don't know who's going to be the quarterback right now, let's say Rocky Lombardi, like if there's no transfers that come into East Lansing in the spring. But I, I think that's the takeaway. They got offensive weapons. You saw Trenton Gillisley, the tight end, have a pretty good game other than fumbling in the red zone. Elijah Collins was able to break off a couple of runs. Speedy Naylor had a good game. Cody White had a really nice game. So I, I do think you see promise on that offense. You return basically everyone in that offensive line. But another thing is, this defense could be horrible next year. Yeah. It could be. Because you really look at their best play, all their best players on the defensive side of the ball are leaving. People want to talk about Kenny Wilkes. He has been fantastic. He's been a factor in almost every game he's played in the last three years. They're the miss Raekwon Williams and Mike Panda shoot the most. They yep. really are. Because those guys were difference makers the last three years. They basically started every single game. And with limited depth on that defensive like tackle position, those guys were able to do that without getting injured and being productive. So uh, Mike Ponishuk and Raekwon Williams are going to be big losses, and that secondary does not look so sure right now. So it, it, that's the one thing you look at in the negative for this Michigan State team going forward. Yeah, you talk about the secondary. Josiah Scott also declaring for the draft. Did that surprise you at all? Uh, a little bit because I didn't think he had the greatest year, even though I do think – he has the ability to play in the pro level. He like I I know this is a lazy comparison, but I do. He, he is very similar to Darquez Denard. They're both smaller guys, really physical, play tight coverage, and they're very willing to come in and help on the run game, tackling wise. But I, I I think he'll probably be like a third or fourth rounder. So that's why I was a little surprised. But I mean, why not? Why not leave? There's a little. I I don't know. Like why he would stay, because the draft doesn't look very greener for this Michigan State football program next season. So why 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 would he stay? It's kind of tough to tell. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, he he, you were looking at him to be if if there's any pillars remaining that are standing on the defensive side of the ball, it would have been him. Um, he's gone now. Obviously, Kalen Gervin's guy's got to step up too. Um, but yeah, I mean, whatever. Josh Butler, or I'm sorry, Josiah Scott. Thanks for your service, Josh Butler. Step it up because we are leaving. No, too. he's gone. That's he right, he's a senior as well. Come on. Um, I I know. I figured out his dogs. Right. I should have known that. Yeah. Whatever. Um. Yeah. I, did, I look at this game too. Um. I don't really have a lot of in depth analytics to give you on the game. I mean, I just think this is a game that to me, I say must win very loosely. Is in if if they would have lost this game, I would have been I would have been irate. Like I would have wanted everyone gone. I, I mean, I still want a decent majority of staff shakeup, which right. they still haven't made. But I, this is the question I threw in the doc. I was going to ask you, like, when you look at a bowl victory, like a meaningless bowl, because the New Era Pinstripe Bowl is a meaningless bowl. Right. And especially when you're playing Wake Forest, you're not playing some blue blood yeah. where you can go out and recruit and just be like, hey, we beat so-and-so in the bowl game. We're, we're, next year, we're going to be even better. Like, you beat Wake Forest. Yeah. I don't think that's going to help you out when you go into Cast Tech trying to get the Nets big recruit. But 
what do these meaningless bowl games mean? Because you saw one, like, people are going to compare this to 2012 when they won in the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl, and then the next year they went on to win the Rose Bowl. That's not the case. They don't return their whole defense like they did right. in 2013. They lose a lot of pieces on that defense, and this offense has been anemic, even though they return the majority of their starters. There's not a lot of confidence in that either. So I, I don't think this bowl win means a whole lot other than the fact that it might mask some issues that are going on in this Mission State program. But the hesitation to make staff shakeups with this Michigan State football program. I think it's the biggest story from this bowl game and with on because D'Antonio is like, after the bowl game, we'll reevaluate. Buddy, it's been a, like, what, a week and a half? Yeah. You haven't heard, it's crickets from Michigan State football. Right. From the Duffy Doherty football building. Like, make something happen. Make a move or something. If there's anything for me to take away from this bowl game, and, and Michigan State's never really been a team like in Alabama where you have a bunch of guys sitting out to, yes. to, to prepare for the draft. So the biggest thing here, I think a loss in my eyes versus a win is is it's just more of a comment on the climate of the and the culture that you've built at Michigan State and how much people care. I think if you go out and lose this game to granted, you know, Wake Forest showed some some pretty solid things on the offensive side of the ball. Um, if you go out and lose that game, to me that just tells me that you quit and that you don't care. And I think that at least coming off a win, and again, it was a game. I mean, 27-21, it was definitely a game. It at least shows me that Mark D'Antonio had his team ready to play. The seniors cared, the team cared, and they came out and they and they showed out. That's the only thing that I take away. And I think a a loss, believe it or not, even though it is a meaningless game, does a lot of harm to the way that your program looks. Because then you go six and seven, and now I think people are going right back at Mark as as like, dude, like if you how do you not win that bowl game? You know what I mean? I, I will say this. Throughout the struggles the last couple of years. The confidence from the players in Mark D'Antonio has never wavered, right? Even though it probably should. Like, yeah, I, fair I, I think these teams have always been motivated, even though if they're still going in the wrong direction. I, I, I think they're they have a, like a vibe inside that football building to say next year's gonna be different. Yeah, even though it's probably not going to be different because you look at the way their roster is constructed and their schedule next year, it's gonna be tough for them to even have a better season than seven and six. Because they their, their schedule is a whole lot tougher than it was this year, right? But that I, I will say that Marty Antonio, it's not like he's lost this program. Like from a standpoint of like the players are running wild, like you're seeing criticism from all like different places. I I, I know you saw all those people transferring earlier in the season. I think that's just a commentary on the state of college football and yes, people it who, is. and the people who are not getting playing time or just gonna look for a better opportunity which is, like, fine by them. But that that is one thing you can say in Mark D'Antonio's, like, favor. He he has the trust and the belief of his players still, which is kind of surprising after, what's it called, a 3-9 like and nine to a 9-3 and three to a 7-6 and six to another 7-6 and six season. I think a lot of, you know, you can almost, I think sometimes when you when you would hear players talk post-game or you would, you know, even when Dave Warner was the OC and you'd hear him after games, I think there's a de- dejected feel with the offense. Yes. You can definitely, they don't have a lot of confidence. And again, you're going to, you're bringing in a new quarterback. You have a, lot, a couple weapons coming in and you have weapons that are going to have to step up that are going to get more playing time because you lose a Daryl Stewart, for example. Um, but I, I think, as you said, 
and it's one of the biggest positives to come out of this bowl game is if if people are still bought in and they seem to be, that's the biggest thing because because critics in, in the media can talk all they want about Mark and how and his coordinators and how he, he you know he's not playing the game the right way or he's a step behind in schematics. But if everyone is still bought in, that's all you can ask for because I'll tell you what you go look at. U of M right now, it's it, you see coaches leaving every year. It's a revolving door of coaches. You don't know if Don Brown's going to be there next year. Um, I, I think that people buy in here at Michigan State and say what you will about the performance on the field. And I I agree. And I'm not again. It's it's beating the dead horse. Changes have to be made to the staff. It, you need to get fresh looks, fresh faces in here. New ideas. You need to evolve the offense, especially. You are going to have problems on defense next year, and it's just the bottom line. But at least offensively, you have to take a step forward because the, it's the the story of this football program for the last handful of years. It has been your defense has been great, and they have to make up for the offense. Now you're kind of seeing a reversal of roles. And if this offense doesn't step up and make up for the lapses that you have in defense, you might be looking at another three and nine year. Uh, honestly, they ha- they li- they cannot go another offseason without staff changes. They got to do something, either if it's Jim Bowman and offensive line or tight ends or what. I- they got to do something. I agree. They I I, I, I don't think Brad Salem is going to get tossed from being an offensive coordinator. I think Mark D'Antonio has confidence in Brad Salem, even if he should or like like they're not going to go hire a big time coordinator. That they're just not going to do that. I think you're going to see a couple changes maybe in their position coaches again maybe you see a couple guys leave with their contracts up and stuff like that because there are a couple guys on the Michigan State staff whose contracts are up like Jim Bowman a guy who's gotten a lot of criticism the last couple of years but former co-offensive coordinator now offensive line coach I I think you will see him leave he's an older dude I think he retires but this offense it's hard to see this offense being good next year when you have no confidence in a quarterback in your room right, right. now. And no offense to Rocky Lombardi, he looks more like a tight end than a quarterback. <laughs> it's it's just the fact of the matter. He's a really good athlete. I just don't think he's an actor enough passer to make Michigan State's offense dynamic. And the way their skill position players are set up, they got a bunch of dudes on the wide receiver, wide receiver like position group, like a bunch of them. You have guys that didn't even play this year that I think will be factors like next year. Like Travion Morgan from Massillon, Ohio, 6'5", kid, didn't even play this year. He'll be a factor next year. You got Julian Barnett, who I think they're going to move back to defensive back because of how thin they are in the secondary on defense. But he was a playmaker this year when he got the football in his hands. Speedy Naylor played four games this year. When he was on the field, you could like see a noticeable difference yep. of speed and playmaking ability that Michigan State – football didn't have so I I think the one question is no slight on Brian Lewerke though but a change at quarterback do you see maybe a different energy and it's not a stale and a little bit more belief in the whole team I think that's like the one like mental gymnastics thing you could do as a Michigan State fan or it's like you know what maybe we just got like we just got a new vibe like people like sometimes changing the quarterback doesn't mean that the quarterback was bad but like 
maybe a different energy will help this program. Yeah, there was there was I think amongst the fan base and even sometimes amongst the team. You look at Brian Lewerke, he's like, you know, you, you know what you're gonna get. You know, you're kind of you're you're waiting for him to have a breakout game, like he you could you could argue that he did against yeah, his West best Forest. Team of the year and the New Era pinch. Exactly, which is which is which is tough to see. But I that's a very good point you bring up. And and I, I agree with you that I don't think Brad Salem We'll get the boot. I don't know. Like, if you want to go out and hire a guy to be your new OC, which I really don't believe that they'll do. They're not going to. So, you know, I, and I don't really think that you'll move Brad Salem to a different position again. So if he's your OC and, and you make a good point, you know, Rocky Lombardi is not the same quarterback as Brian Lewerke. You're at no. least more you're more confident with Brian Lewerke in the pocket using his arm. Rocky Lombardi, not so much. I don't know. I, I'd like to think that Theo Day has a shot. Yeah, you've probably seen him play what maybe five snaps his entire career so get far. Get a first down against Penn State and then he got benched. <laughs> right. So ex- exactly. So you might see this offense develop and change to work around Brian or work around Rocky Lombardi, whoever the quarterback is. But yes, there is something to be said that you know there's a different. You could bring a different energy with Rock again. But look, there were games in the past where people were chanting for Rocky Lombardi to come in. There's something about the. I don't know if it's the blonde hair. It's the or, name or dude. the build or the or the eggs yeah, exactly. Rocky Rocky Lombardi, it's an all-time name. It is. It's an all-time name. It is. So we'll we'll see. But I, I as you said, there there are changes that are that need to come. And Do you think they actually get made? Because I don't believe it at this point. I think there would already be changes been made. I, I want. I think Dave Warner needs to go completely from the program. I like you look at the quarterback position. Like, what has Dave Warner done to develop Brian Lewerke at all? Like as a, as a quarterbacks coach. I I think you look back at Dave Warner, and I I don't know where Brad Salem crosses over because Dave Warner was a quarterback coach before he got the offensive coordinator duties. But like you look back at his like history with cousins and Cook and all that, so I think that gives him like some cachet. But you're right, Brian Lewerke from his sophomore year to his senior year regressed. Yeah, and the offense regressed as a like as a whole. So it's hard to say like, hey, what value do you bring us? And I I, I think Michigan State's stuck in this zone where they're like afraid to make coaching changes to have like a bad recruiting class. Like, oh, we're going to lose all these guys that we've been recruiting for all this time. Who cares? Lose all those guys. Make some sort of culture change that will actually affect this program in a positive way in the long run. Stop thinking about the short term and continuity and start being like a big time program like Michigan State is, like they won't accept. Guess what? They're a top 25 like money making program in college football. You have the money to go hire a coordinator and like give them a million too. Or something like that. Yep. You have the money to do that, but they're not going to do that. And if they're not going to be like, Purdue is out recruiting Michigan State. Purdue has more hope than Michigan State does right now in the Big Ten. And Purdue does not have the resources Michigan State has. That should never happen. Yeah, like that's the one thing about college football and like MLB baseball. Some like teams just don't have the same resources, and it's a little unfair. Michigan State refuses to use some of their resources. And that's why they're falling behind in the Big Ten. And it, it's like, I, I'm almost dejected to the point where I'm like, yep, they're not going to make another move. I guess I'll like try and convince myself the offense will be different next year, and it won't. And it won't be. Yeah, a lot, a lot of big things, hopefully, to come here for Michigan State football. Big in a sense of making moves or big in a sense of not making moves at all. Uh, hopefully, we'll have some news to talk about 
somewhat soon because if not, I think no news to talk about Michigan State football is a disaster. Is, is a disaster, right? Yeah. So we're we're hoping for news. Um, so we'll wrap up Michigan State football there before we go to a, a break again at the at the noon hour. Let's talk some Michigan State hockey, if you don't mind. How are you? Uh, again, Michigan State hockey, my favorite team on campus. A little bit biased, but whatever. Uh, they played in the GLI this last weekend. Was it the last weekend? It was whatever. It, the New Year's weekend. It's like New Year's Eve or something. What? Yeah, New Year's, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. No, not New Year's Day. It's, not, New it's, Year's it's Eve. like the day before New Year's Eve and then New Year's. Thirtieth and thirty first. Yeah. There. Uh, they dropped the first game against Michigan Tech four to two. They bounced back on New Year's Eve. They beat Ferris State five to two in the third place game. They should have won this tournament. I know they should have, it, and it, I told I literally told everyone that I that I know as far as this tournament's concerned, Michigan State's the best team in this tournament. They were, they are, they should have won the whole thing. Well, you looked at that Michigan Tech game, and it was a back and forth game. Michigan State started off really early, had a nice goal from Sam Saliba. You thought, hey, maybe they maybe they finally get over the hump of winning the first game in the GLI. I put a little note. I, since my freshman year of high school, my buddy Rob, for his birthday, every single year, we would just go to the GLI. Yeah. Say, let's go to the GLI, like when it was outdoors, if you remember that. when At Comerica? When, yeah, do you remember that? That was the first Vaguely, year I yeah. went. And since then, Michigan State has yet to win the first game of the GLI. Really? It's. I know the, they haven't won the whole thing since like 2009, I they think. They don't win the first game of the GLI. That's just like a thing they don't do. I don't yeah. know how it keeps happening. They lost to late Superior State last year in the first game of the GLI. It's just like some mental thing that's going on at Michigan State. I don't know if they don't like LCA's locker rooms or they, <laughs> they, they're getting bad pregame meals once they go to Detroit or yeah. they're thinking about their New Year's Eve plans. But there's something about the GLI that they just can't get over the hump. And this year they were the best team in the tournament, and it's disappointing not to win that. Tech and, and you know to Tech's credit, they're obviously they're look they they live, breathe, and die hockey. There were a ton of Michigan Tech fans at, at the, the were you first working? Game. Yeah, I was working, so I I popped down for the. I only got to see the third period of of State's game. Tons of Tech fans, and then we always joke when we were working that the the ideal situation because on New Year's Eve for, at, at Little Caesars Arena, they have the third place game in the morning, the championship game in the afternoon, and then the Wings play at night. So yes. you have to do your blitz clean during games, and you have to you know put the the dogs through for the bomb sweep or whatever. So they always joke that the ideal situation is to have Tech and Ferris play in the championship because no one's going to be there. But <laughs> Michigan Tech travels. That's oh just, no, they do. Their band's great. It's awesome. Their alumni band. Is Electra. Yeah, it's because, incredible. Well, ever since we've been going to it, like in Joe Lewis Arena, we like the tickets we would have would be right next to the Tech Band. They're yeah. Electra. Yeah. It's, they have a great time. They live, breathe hockey. You're right. And yeah. they have sick unis. They do. Sick They're great. Unis. Probably some of the best. I mean, Michigan State does too, to be yes. honest with you. But yeah, Tech, they're, 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 they're yellow ones with like the cream. Like the Huskies nice. is great. The black ones with the black and yellow stripes are great now. Don't, they got like the names like under their jersey too, which I kind of like. Under under the number. They got like the OU basketball. On, on which one ones? Of, like the black ones? I think they do, yeah. I know the, the, the cream ones or the yellow ones they have. on. Right, either way, neither here nor there. But yeah, I, I came into this tournament thinking that Michigian State was the team to beat. Uh, and, and They Tech were. Got the job they done. were the team Fer- to beat. Ferris State is factually one of the worst teams in college hockey this year. Michigan's having a very, very down year. Yes. They took care of business against against Ferris. This was the year to do it. Like yeah. this was this was the year to win it and, and get some steam. And as far as as far as, you know, rankings and, and trying to get tournament bids, you had to beat Ferris State. 
and they did. I was surprised John Lethman played against Ferris State. Yeah, maybe get to Ritter a little run. Yeah, and, and give Lethman a break. But again, that's a game that you you had to win that game yes. as far as trying to get a tournament bid. But you know, Michigan State the rest of the year, they only have Big Ten opponents. I see Minnesota, I believe, this upcoming weekend at home. Uh, Minnesota, again, having a bit of a down year, but it's still Minnesota. So I it's... I don't know. I, I've I've been so confident with this team all year. They're they're a resilient bunch. They they can play from behind. You've seen it multiple times this year. They're down three one going to the third. They tie games up. They take leads. They can win in overtime. And that to me is the most impressive thing. And I look at this team. You know, again, the the story is always the top line. Lewandowski, Kodaranko. They've put Saliba on that line. It's worked out great. They've been really good on the power play. Michigan State defensively you're strong I truly think too now going forward again you you know you you lose a Kodaranko you're gonna lose Saliba you still have Lewandowski there I don't know as far as what guys that you know NHL guys or NHL scouts are looking at to bring up next year Dennis Sasana has been great the Sasana and Rosberg pair is awesome the Krieger twins are both gonna have to play a bigger role next year you're gonna lose Boutros Kafari you're losing John Lethman but the future is bright to be honestly I mean between Josh Nodler who plays who centers that second line he's been solid. Brody Stevens has been great this year in his role on the third line. Um, Lambden has been a guy that's really impressed me too. Tommy, Tommy Apap. Apap's awesome. The yeah. Penalty kill guy throws guys around the ice. It's great. But the future is bright. And and I think that's one of the most promising things. And the team plays with a bit more confidence now. And this, this Minnesota series is huge to set the tone for the rest of the year. Because you come off a disappointment in the GLI. Not that you, you end the tournament on a loss, but more so the fact that you probably should have won it. So if you can take two games from Minnesota this weekend, you are rolling in hot the rest of the Big Ten schedule. I, I will say this. I think the expectations have changed. And before the season, I was talking on behind the mask because I luckily get to cover some hockey games for Michigan State for WDBM. But we were talking like if they go above 500 or at 500, that'd be a pretty good season. Right now they're at 10-9-1, and, and they've played one of the tougher schedules in all the country. Like they've played a bunch of teams. Like the non-conference go play Cornell, you play Arizona State, both teams that right now in the pairwise have a pretty good opportunity to be contenders once we get into Frozen Four like territory. But right now, I, I, I the expectations have changed. Yeah, they, they got to make the tournament. And I, I, like what they did in the first half of their Big Ten schedule before the break has given them an opportunity to do that. You look at the pairwise; it switches up every once, like every week or two. But they're one or two spots away from being a projected at-large bid into the NCAA tournament, which is a huge step for Dan Cole in year three. Yeah, it's again. You write your schedule. You see Minnesota, Wisconsin, Penn State, Minnesota again, Michigan. Um, you really do not have any easy games left. You have games that you can absolutely. I mean, they, you can look at all these games and justify these are two wins or these are two losses or they're a split no but honestly you look at who they played in the beginning of the year they went on the road to ohio state on the road to penn state i know you get swept at ohio state but going to split in hockey valley is a tall task they got that out of the way they they, they've already done a good deal of heavy lifting in their schedule where it gives them the opportunity to maybe make up some ground in the big 10 but the expectations have changed you gotta host the first series of the Big Ten tournament in Munn, and you got to try and get to the NCAA tournament. Know why? Because John Lethman has played like the best goalie in the Big Ten, and he's made himself into a pro prospect. I'm not saying he's going to play at the NHL level, but he's definitely going to play at the AHL level and in the international game. 
So the improvement he's made has completely changed his team in this program right now. Absolutely. Michigan State and Minnesota uh, from Mon Ice Arena, January 10th. That's a Friday, 6 p.m. Tell your friends, tell your folks, get out there because Mon's been buzzing. A uh, lot to do still here today on the Green and White Report brought to you by Impact 89 FM, WDBM East Lansing. Got the legal in. We're feeling good. Other How side of this you? break, we got the Sparty Awards, things we need to leave behind in 2019. We'd love to have you join the conversation, 517-884-8989. If you want to text us some of your opinions on things we need to leave behind in 2019. Don't go anywhere, folks. lot to do still, college football playoff and the bowl games we will talk about. NFL playoffs, feeling good. 2020, we're rolling. Green and White Report, see you in a second. Hey mom, why is the sky blue? Why don't animals talk? Why do dogs have wet noses? Why is an 11 pronounced 21? Kids ask a lot of questions. Why do I have a belly button? But you don't have to know every answer. Why is the ocean salty? Because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Why are there 50 states? There are thousands of children in foster care who don't need every question answered. Why is pizza round? They just need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to adoptuskids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Prime Time. where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Friday nights at 10 p.m., get ready for The Mechanical Pulse, where we're spinning all the house, trance, drum and bass, electro, ambient, and remixed music you need to get the weekend started. You'll hear live interviews and DJs spinning straight from the Impact Studios and the best new music on the scene. So tune in every Friday night at 10 p.m. for Mechanical Pulse. Only on 88.9 The Impact. Welcome back to the Green and White Report. It's noon. We got an hour left. Thanks for hanging in there with us on a Sunday morning to afternoon transition. First episode of 2020. Good to be back. Brian Rabinowitz, Ryan Collins with you. Uh, wow, what a song, man. Uh, it's it's incredible. Shout bit. out to the Eagles. Rest in yeah. peace, Glenn Fry. Yes, the Eagles. Legendary. Okay, we got a lot to do still here left on the show. Um, we will get to the Sparty Awards in a second. We're going to set it up. We'll get the intro. I know you're looking for it. Uh, we have college football playoffs to talk about and the bowl games. And we have the NFL playoffs to talk about as well. But before we do all that, it is time for the Sparty Awards. Ladies and gentlemen, the Green and White Report is proud to present this week's edition of the Sparty Awards, brought to you by Impact Sports. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Rabinowitz and Julian Mitchell. Thank you, thank you, Nathan Stearns, voice of Nathan Stearns. No, no Julian Mitchell today. Ryan Collins the uh, stepping in as the guest guest host of the Sparty Awards. Things we need to leave behind in 2019. I'm going to be honest, Ryan. When you told me about this yesterday, I was like, great idea. I'll get prepared and stuff. <laughs> I, I, I prepared for the rest of the show, surprisingly. But like when I looked at this, you know what? I'm going to win it. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go, and then I'm going to get angry just thinking about stuff. And I, I think it's going to produce better content. Okay. All I need is five from you. We give You know how the Sparty Awards works. Nothing's changed since 2019. I give my five. 
Collins gives his five, or Julian when he's here. If you want to weigh in here, 517-884-8989. Send us a text. Tell me some things that you want to leave behind in 2019. Is it fashion things? Is it songs? People you want to leave behind? You want to leave behind your ex-boyfriend? Let me know. We'll talk about that. Um, First thing... We can get deep here. I don't care. Yeah, okay. Whatever. We're here for the people. We're a show for the people. Um, you can tweet us, too, at WDBM Sports, hashtag GW Report. How are you? Here we go. First thing we need to leave behind in 2019 for me, and we should have left it, left it behind as soon as the song came out, Old Town Road. I'm done with it. That's it. Never again. I, I admittedly. No, you know what that is? That's horror awful. That's horror, horror awful. <laughs> Who is that, by the way? It's Shaq. Is it Shaq? Yeah. Shaq? Horror awful. Whatever. Either way. Bad take. I will say, when the first time I heard Old Town Road, it changed my life. That's one of those songs that you remember. I remember where I was when I first heard that song, and I was like, what is this? Oh, it, it's. It, it did numbers. It did. It did. It's one of the. Wasn't it like the longest running song on the Billboard, like number one or whatever? Yeah, it was something like that. Whatever it was. But it, it, this this song has been played to the point of exhaustion. I no longer enjoy the song. I actually stay awake at night with this song running through my head. I we this song needs to end. We need to find 2020 needs its new signature banger. Like 2018 had like closer by the Chainsmokers. All time song. All time song. There's still a place for that, but. All time song. Old Town Road. It's time to put to sleep. Yeah, but once bi- it was like a banger before, and then Billy Ray Cyrus got in the midst, and you're like, watch out, watch and then out, Mason watch Ramsey out. Ramsey got involved. Yeah, it was and a snowball effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild. So whatever. I'd like to leave that behind. Should I keep rolling with mine, or you got? No, no, got I got one. one. Uh, things I'd like to leave behind in 2019, just like certain Twitter trends. Yeah. Like, I, like, boom, deep, boom, no, boom, how clap. about this? How about this? Detroit Lions Twitter. As a Lions fan, <laughs> yeah. I literally, I get visibly angry just looking at my Twitter account. Hey, they're one or two players away from turning this around. Guys, we're the third pick in the draft. We're not one or two players from turning this around. We're the third pick in the draft. Well, Stafford got hurt. They weren't winning with Stafford either. Hey, hey we got more talent than the Bears and the Badgers. How? We're the third <laughs> pick in the draft. That, that's what I want left behind. Optimism for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> Lion, that, how about that? Lions Twitter is your fire fest. Uh, that, actually, that and once in a while, like Detroit Pistons Twitter will get me like on edge. I'll, I'll get behind that. We can leave that behind in 2019. Uh, next thing to leave behind in 2019, uh, fellas, tuck in your sweatpants into your socks. Don't understand it. Doesn't look very good. Okay. I, I, oh. I, 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 know, I know what you're saying. Are you talking about like... Say, like, because I know you made fun of me for those, like, joggers I have that don't, like, fit me at all, but the white socks are just coming out. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Like, if you actually have sweatpants that are not joggers, why are you doing that? Why are you pulling your socks over your sweats? That just seems uncomfortable. But I, even the joggers, like, I, joggers are- you out on joggers? No, 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 no. I, I don't mind the joggers. What I'm saying is the guys that will, they put their joggers on first, then they'll put the sock on- over the jogger. Yeah, that's weird. I don't get As, that. I know it's like a, it's like a wrestling thing. Or like, Is it? Like, I, I, that's what I one of my buddies used to wrestle in high school. It's like, yeah, wrestlers used to do that to keep the heat in to like cut, cut pe- weight. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. It looks ridiculous. I think people think they're like sick too when they do it. Yeah, it's like like oh, I'm cool. Like I I have some clout because I tuck my sweatpants into my like you look like an idiot. It's like yo, dude, look at my backwards like Titleist hat on right now. Yeah, with exactly. that, yeah. Do you even play golf? Like, do you know how to play golf? It's at not all? even that. No one. I want that left behind. Like okay, there's your number two. Titleist hats. 
I, Why does think... everyone have Titleist hats? It's it's not even that I like dis like like I don't know why it bugs me. I'm like, why do you have that? Like, why are you wearing like you are the biggest goober I've ever seen, and you're just wearing a Titleist hat? It's not because you like golf; you just have a Titleist hat. Where are they getting all these Titleist hats? I don't know. I don't know. Sporting goods, maybe. No free ads, but yeah, serious. That and probably when we're talking about like hats, the whole thing where leaning your hat like basically over your eyes and like not having your hat on your head. What is going on? Yeah, there? Or, with like the forward tilt. Yeah, or wearing it on like the, just the crest of your head, like it doesn't even fit properly. Yeah, I'm like, what is going on? Get a hat that fits. Yeah, it's a hey, it's apparently it's trendy. I'm out of touch. Whatever. Uh, my next thing to leave behind in 2019. This might dig up a bigger issue. Leave the jewels behind. Leave the little the funny sticks. Okay. I, I I mean I'm not a jewel guy, but me and you both know a million jewel guys and girls. Yeah. They're like. There's nothing more annoying, though, to me, though. Say you're at, like, a pregame or something, and then someone's like, yo, dude, can I hit your jewel? Like, when you hear someone say that, that just gets me so visibly angry. I'm like, I'm like, you're so (laughs) sick, dude. Like, yeah, hit that jewel, man. Hit that mint pod. Sweet. It's amazing to me. I'm not going to bust anyone of, like, people that I know, but the, like, I'll wake up in the morning, you know, I got people in the house that are staying over, and, like, you walk downstairs, and it's 8 a.m., and they're right on the jewel. Oh, dude, that's the best, too. I'm like, it's like dude, you're addicted to that. And, like, they're, yeah. and they'll be like, no, I just do it to do it. I'm like, no one just does something to do it's something. Like, yeah, it's like you want to, like, get some eggs in your system first before you start getting, like, that's your breakfast is, like, the nicotine. Yeah. And, I like, it, it, it brings up a bigger issue. I think that what I don't know how this – I understand the jewel and these devices started as a way to get people off cigarettes. I understand. It's what, it is what it is. But for whatever reason, based on social media and, like, these influencers on Instagram or whatever, I don't even know how to describe it. But it's become like a like a fashion thing. It's like people like everyone like just has one. I don't own one, but like people, it's like a fad. Like everyone has a jewel. It's like you have to have one. No, it's like the, owning a phone. I I will say this. I don't like care. Like who cares if you jewel? Who cares if you vape? Like whatever. People are like who cares if you smoke cigarettes? That's not my business. Right. It's just the whole like conversation around jewel just like bugs me, or just like when I'm around people that jewel. They don't bud me. They bud me when they talk to other people. They're like, yo, dude, how much did you pay for pods? Yo, dude, how'd you get that knit juice in there? That's great. What is that, strawberry lemonade? Like, I I, I don't need to hear that. I really don't care. And the the unfortunate thing, too, is it's getting into the high schools. And, okay. And I, okay, we're not talking about a public health issue. <laughs> well, I, I'm just, it is a public health issue. It's yeah, true. it's a public health issue, but I don't care about those high schoolers. I care about how it affects me. Well, that's, I care. My bro- little brother's in high school. They're, he's he's probably all the time. Dude. He's not juuling. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> he is not juuling. And if he is, I'll put his face through a wall, and I've told him that before so we can leave the jewels behind in 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 2019 granted that was julian mitchell i asked him for some help on this he that was his idea and i he probably sees it it more than any of us because being an an ra RA, yeah exactly uh, i I, this is a like a very specific one and i bet you dealt with this last year all my buddies are turning 21 all my friends are turning 21 if it's a guy or a girl Leave the stupid twenty-one balloons behind. Yeah, you I can't say. Like, it's gotta be expensive too. Like, they're like making this whole backdrop for your like birthday, like for the pictures, bro. That's that's what it is. Why? What is the point? Because it's all about how you look on Instagram. If you don't have the balloons, what are you doing? I got. I, I, I guess it's though. like that's a clout thing, but like the girl. But the girls do it more than the guys. Like, you know, no, it's definitely, not a huge definitely. guy thing. 
I don't. It I don't care a, yeah, I don't think it is a guy thing. It's a girl thing, but it still bothers me. I don't get. And then you like pop the champagne, like the barefoot champagne you barely drank. Like, oh, what are we doing? Yeah, like, look, twenty-one is a monumental birthday. I get it, especially when you're in college and you hit twenty-one. But like, look, everyone here has been drinking for four years. Yeah, like, I know. It's not. It's not even that. It's just like, it's like I also this. This is a like a tagline of that people. I think, like, guys and girls both do this on Instagram when they, like, put it on their story. They're like, happy birthday. Can't wait to celebrate with you tonight. Like, stuff like that. <laughs> I'm so sick. Of- you're not going to celebrate with them. If you're close enough, you're not sending Instagrams. Can't wait to celebrate tonight, baby. Like, so- I-, I can't. I hate that stuff. <laughs> I- it, like, literally makes me want to go nuts. The se- the segue to that, and, and right, right I'm in the same breath, is... I'm fine. If you if you want to post a picture of your friend like happy birthday, fine. But the people whose birthday it is, then they go like repost the birthday shout out on their Instagram story. So now their Instagram story is like three minutes long of just other people posting pictures of them. That to me is so obnoxious. It's it's like there's a certain point where like when back in middle school or early in high school, when people would tweet at you happy birthday, you oh, retweet dude. every single one yeah. of them. Now that it's was like, a battle. Yeah, now it's like you like it and you respond and you move on. Like it, it's yeah. Keep it up on all those too is like you gotta keep like oh did I respond to like Aunt Peggy yet? Or did, did oh Derek wish me happy birthday. Gotta make sure I shout him out. It just it's a mess. It, I think the funny thing though about like the girls on Instagram when they do that like the girl who's posting a happy birthday the person whose birthday it is usually looks like complete garbage and the girl who posts it looks great in that picture I'll be furious I'm like it's my birthday it's not about you yeah like, they, yeah, like stop making it about yeah, you I look po- like a booty in that picture yeah. yeah yeah that's a good one um that was yours the birthday? yeah okay good okay gotcha. I, was, I, was <laughs> like, I was like just who, forgot I was like who brought that up <laughs> um my next thing to leave behind in 2019 the shoulder fanny packs you see these things Oh, like the like Supreme hype hype beast like thing yeah, that they got. Like yeah, what, I don't get those. Like what? What are we? Do? I think the fan people that think the fanny pack is cool to like bring back. Like it's not. I I can't stand when people will decide like, oh yeah, the fanny pack is regarded as being outdated and stupid. So I'm gonna wear it and make it cool again. But the, to take the fanny pack and then wear it over your shoulder, like, do you not wear pants with pockets? Like, what are you putting in that fanny pack? I I. Like drugs, maybe. I, I don't. I, I don't <laughs> it, know what else it you're absolutely in that. is. Like a crack pipe you're carrying around. I have. I the only things I carry on my person are my phone, keys, wallet, occasionally some gum, and occasionally a, a, a stick of chapstick. Those things can all fit in the pockets that I have on my pants or my coat pocket. I, I will say this is like you said a larger issue with the style. Like today, like just like the hype beast, like yeah. I don't know how they. I I've had this conversation with my friends recently. I don't know how they live this life where they're just buying and reselling like super expensive clothes. They're buying they like seven hundred dollar like sweatshirts. I'm like, what are we doing? Here? Yeah, and like those Balenciaga shoes that look like like ter- like Tyrannosaurus Rex teeth. You know, like the like they're I, yeah. They I, look horrible. All these things look horrible. Yeah, the shoes like whatever. I'm not gonna like. But the thing that bugs me the most is the Balenciaga like campaign have you ever seen that where people wear like balenciaga hats and it looks like it's a john mccain like campaign hat and people think that's like style i don't know it's it's not good that really bugs me like a lot (sighs) i hate the shoulder fanny it's like it's like it's it's not like a shoulder fanny pad it's like a chest fanny pad though because it goes over the shoulder and it's like on your chest yeah it's like it just it doesn't look good i don't know what it's clout dude leave it behind it's all about clout 
Yeah. I mean, I guess. Call it Chasers. All right. Okay. I, I, I'm going to mention one of Julian's. I don't know if you took this, but he mentioned to me before he ran out to the game. He said Cardi B. And I want people to be left behind who do not like Cardi B. Because if you do not like wow. Cardi B, you're just a hater. I don't like Cardi B at all. Hater. Hater. What do, What does she provide to you? Absolute so bangers. Cool. She has a very obnoxious voice. Bangers and absolutely hilarious tweets and Instagram posts. I enjoy everything Cardi B does. I think she like makes people dumber. Like having listened to her and like listening to her talk, she's just like I don't, I don't, I. You don't find Cardi B funny no, at all? Not, she... not at all, dude. It's so obnoxious. I think it's so obnoxious. Then I want you left behind in 2019 because Fine. I love Cardi. Do B. the show without me next yeah, week. Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, my last one, my last thing to leave behind in 2019. You still have one more, so keep the wheels turning. I know. I, I'm thinking uh, the masked singer. Whoa, oh, dude, I, there's some major beef with this. Not with me. Like, one of my best friends is like, dude, you got to watch a mass Singer. Like, both my best friends watch Mass Singer and enjoy it. I, I, dude, it is like the dumbest. I cannot believe it's still on television. There's, there's like another season coming out. One, I don't understand how it works. Like, I guess. Yeah, do you want me to explain it to you? Yeah. And can you, okay, explain it to me of how the show works, and then can you confirm or deny, do these people in the mass actually sing, or yes. is it like lip syncing? They do sing. And it's like I don't know how many start out, but they're okay, all. Okay, so, so you so you hear their voice through the mask. Yes, and they okay. perform like every week. It's like every right. like singing show, and like the worst person like gets voted off, and you reveal their face. Yeah, and then like I think this year the winner was Wayne Brady in second place yes. with Chris Daughtry. So like the way it works is just as the weeds go on, you just like try and like. You don't know, they don't like guess who the singer is. They just pick who the best winner is and they're all in like different costumes and think. I'm not a guy who watches the show, but I've been explained the show and told to watch it. I'm not a music competition singing guy anymore. I, 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 I'm long past those days since American Idol like left the main stage yeah. of popularity. Oh, I remember how great American Idol Dude, used it, to be. It was so good. That's one of the biggest fall offs in like American history. Dude, Paul Abdul, Simon Cowell, Randy Jackson. No better judge panel Agreed. and show. Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, they'll never get better than that. And I agree. you had the little Coke bottles. You had Bo Bice, Carrie oh, Underwood. Yeah. What's it called? Chris Allen, David Cook, a lot of just random people's she names. She bangs. She bangs. Yeah, that Bo guy. Ba- yeah, that guy. <laughs> that guy, Philip Phillips. Yeah. Who names her kid Philip Phillips? Gritty name. That's not a gritty name. That's a <laughs> selfish name by the parents. I don't. I think the mass singer. Name, I think the mass singer is like the dumbest show ever. Because because number one, like. To, to make a big spectacle out of that and, like, the guy dresses up and sings, it's just not – I don't did, care did to watch Did you see Flirty fl- Dancing? They no. made shows out of everything. I watched right. sh- There is a show for everything. I, I, I was watching on Fox. Like, you you watch NFL and there's promos for, like, 800 different TV right. shows that, like, either CBS or Fox are producing right now. And one of them is Flirty Dancing. And I was like, how does this show make sense? Listen to this show. <laughs> they, they go to a choreographer – and a guy or a girl has two different people that they're choreographer like to do a dance together. Yeah. And whoever they have the best chemistry with, they, they date. like they they date. It's the wildest thing ever, and it's so uncomfortable. Like who thought that was a good idea? Not me. <laughs> I yeah. There are there is literally a show for everything. I cannot. But the mass singer, I think, is just the worst. I and like okay. At the end of the day, like I know Antonio Brown was on at one time, and like it was like a big deal. Like who? Yeah. I, like he took his mask off. Like oh okay. Okay. Antonio Brown did that for three minutes. Who you you have to have a really really sad 
career. Oh, it's like Dancing with the Stars. To have to be on that circuit. Like, if you're on the mass singer circuit, something clearly went wrong in your career and you are bankrupt and need the money. Dude, it's Dancing with the Stars like 2.0. I like Dancing with the Stars, though. Yeah, but that's like the same thing. You think Lamar Odom's had a lot going for him? <laughs> like, why is he yeah, on Dancing not... with the Stars? But that's that's my last thing to leave behind in 2019. Go okay. ahead and wrap it up. I, I, I'm going to leave this behind in 2019. The Bronny James hype. I am so sick and tired of watching Bronny James like put up like ten points and people telling me how he's next. Like I, I, I get it. He's gonna be really good and he's gonna like probably play professional basketball. The kid's a freshman in high school. Why is there twenty televised games of Sierra Canyon? It doesn't matter who Sierra Canyon's playing. It's high school basketball. It's not real high quality basketball. I don't want to watch it. Get off my screen. I'm tired of seeing. Ronnie James, Zaire Wade. I'm tired of seeing that whole little love affair with Twitter. I'm tired yeah. of it. It is it is crazy, like how uh, just I mean, like again, ten years ago, like this stuff wouldn't like, would have been on TV. It just it's again, it's all for like the it's the social media hype tied into LeBron, and it's all about. I love LeBron, I do, but it's all like you know, you watch the game just it's not even LeBron's about LeBron. doing on the sideline. It's not even a, yeah, it's not even about LeBron. It kind of is about LeBron, but like I, I just like I don't want to talk like talk about high school basketball anymore. That's fair enough. Yeah, we can leave that behind. But all right, if you guys have anything else to to, to mention out there on the airwaves, if you want to get involved here, five one seven eight eight four eight nine eight nine. Things that you would leave behind in twenty nineteen. That's what we would leave behind in twenty nineteen, and that concludes this party awards. That was pretty solid. Pretty good. I, pretty I was good. There was a I don't know what day it was, but I was sitting around on my couch and I was like thinking of all these things for Sparty Awards. I started writing them down in my notes. Like we got some good ones coming up. No, I will say this though. Our Sparty Awards right there was definitely like there's definitely like a kid being like, okay, boomer. Or like something like that needs yeah. to be left behind too in twenty nineteen. Yeah. No, but it's someone's like, okay, old guy, like Yeah, no. I, a lot of like the like the social media, like the phrases that get tossed like, like the like, jewels, get, like yeah. Yeah, you get all these things that get tossed around for the millennial Yeah. Demog- We're not millennials, right? We're like Gen Z or something. I don't know. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Who cares? All right. Uh, still a lot to do today. We're going to go to a quick break here. We have college football playoff to talk about. We have bowl games to talk about. I am very upset with the bowl games. You will find out why very soon. Uh, then the NFL playoffs. Two great games yesterday. Two great games coming up today. Uh, that and more on the Green and White Report. Stay with us, folks. We will be right back. Want to know the song and artist you just heard? See our playlist at impact89fm.org. Hey, Mom, why is the sky blue? Why don't animals talk? Why do dogs have wet noses? Why is an 11 pronounced 21? Kids ask a lot of questions. Why do I have a belly button? But you don't have to know every answer. Why is the ocean salty? Because you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Why are there 50 states? There are thousands of children in foster care who don't need every question answered. Why is pizza round? They just need you. For more information on how you can adopt, go to AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. Recording. <clears throat> Check one, two. Introducing the undercurrent. Undercurrent. The undercurrent. A 30-minute radio show produced by students at Michigan State University. Every Saturday at 10 a.m. and podcasted on iTunes at WDBM. From WDBM. WDBM. East Lansing. Lansing. East Lansing. Come 
Welcome in to the Green and White Report. Thanks for coming back. We got about a half hour left here. Guys, this is just, I mean, this gets the <laughs> blood pumping. I'm ready to run through a glass over here. I Go ahead. I welcome it. Someone will clean it up. This is, I don't know if you can call us one of the greatest songs of all time, but nothing gets the juices flowing quite like this one. Ah, wow. All right. We got a half hour here. We got some football to talk about. We'll talk about the bowl games. We'll talk about the college football playoff first. Then we'll roll into the NFL playoffs. Here's my gripe. Okay, let me let me soapbox it for a second. There are way, way too many bowl games. Catch me outside. How about that? Whoa. Okay. Dude, uh, there's I know not enough bowl games. I know you've watched. Have you watched every single bowl game? Probably. Yeah. It's just look, Collins. <laughs> the fact that here's okay. Couple things. One. The quantity of games. There's Fantastic. The quantity and quality of games. I, I'm sorry that I really can't get up to watch, I, I don't know, Marshall and UCF. I'm sorry I can't get up to watch Appalachian State and UAB. I'm sorry I can't get up to watch FIU and Arkansas State. The, I don't care. The The quantity of games in, refer, in, in relation to the quality, it's it's absurd like first of all the fact that you only need to go 500 to get into a bowl game is amazing like these teams aren't good that are like 500 teams are not good teams I don't care to see six and six teams square off in the in the cure bowl or the Bahamas bowl or like it just it's too much it's too much. And you watch some of these games, there's no one in the stands. You don't even know who's announcing the games. It's dead silent. No one cares. It's too much. You need to cut the bowl games in half because no one cares to watch the bowl game on December 26th. They Everyone don't. in this room. Oh, come on, dude. I, you're, but, you know, you that want is, to- so, That is, like, why do you want less sports? Why do you want less sports? It's not. It's because the quality. I can't get myself to watch them. Maybe I don't like sports enough to to sit through a fourteen nothing Louisiana Tech well, and Miami. No Florida one's game. ever liking like if you have no like car in the race or whatever you want to like dog in the fight. Yeah, whatever. I, like obviously, I have an exterior motive to these bowl games. Like I, 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 I like you either have a bowl pickem or you're betting on these yes, games. I, yeah. But like. It's nice on, like, December 23rd when you're just sitting with your mom and dad and, like, all your family just running around on the couch. And you got, like, La Tech in Miami just in the background. It's kind of <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I guess in that circumstance. A lot More of the, sports is better. These names are getting out of control, too. Like, the Tony to Tiger Sun Bowl is an all-time I name. Mean, yeah, what are we doing? Tony. Do you like my Quick Lane Bowl sweatshirt? Yes, I also did the Quick Lane Bowl. I, I, I didn't tell you go. What, I just oh, had a, I, I had my buddy buy it for me. Really? Yeah, yeah. I look. I went to the Quick Lane Bowl. My dad is an EMU grad. The Eagles showed out, and it was a great game. It really was. And again, two teams that really aren't that good and exciting to watch, but great game. Went down to the wire. Of and course, then Mike they, Glass went completely psycho and not that guy, not the ref out. Yeah, he took a dive. That was such an embellishment on the ref's part. Come oh, on, that dude. ref Keep is. Your feet. You know, he like goes back in the ref room like. Nice job, Tony. Yeah. Like every, every, everyone's razzing that guy. Yeah. Hey, get, get the people on our side. Yeah. <laughs> We're getting knocked out out here. Um, I will. I'll ask you this then. What What is the best bowl game that you have watched? Let's Let's exclude New Year's Six. Exclude. Or... Uh, you know, you can do New Year's Six. Let's exclude the uh, college football playoff semifinals. Not that the one game was good to watch. 
Because I think the Ohio State-Clemson game is a consensus. Like, that was the best game maybe, too. Unless you disagree. Yeah, I, I think the Minnesota-Auburn game was a really good football game on New Year's Day in Outback Bowl. That's really hard because there's, like, 44 bowls. Mm. I would say the Hawaii... The really? Hawaii BYU really game. off the grid there. New Year's New Year's uh e I mean uh Christmas Eve, the Hawaii BYU game and the Hawaii Bowl. I will say the SoFi Hawaii Bowl, excuse me. But uh maybe one of the like wildest games I've ever watched. Like be like Hawaii took a timeout like on fourth and fifteen, so they didn't get a false start on the punting team, and the punting team was like at their like the BYU forty five, so it made no sense to call a timeout. Are oh, you tweeted about that? Didn't yeah, you? I, I was. I, I mean, I w- it was unbelievable. And then like BYU just had to get a first down on third and one, and they would run the clock out. They decided to throw the football incomplete pass. It was insane. I, I, I would go with that. The Hawaii Bowl. I thought the Cotton Bowl was a lot of fun to watch for yes. a while there. I like Memphis I mean, Penn State. Yeah, I mean, there was like there was no defense being played. It was awesome. It was that was fun to watch. But I will say that is tough. There were a lot of games. The Rose Bowl was great. Dude, the Rose Bowl... Uh, it's always great. It is a great... It's it's just one of those sporting events. It's like the Masters, the Rose Bowl, Wimbledon. And t- I, I don't know if there's any other comparisons, but the Rose Bowl should be like in that conversation. Yeah, I It's just I, that I special. It is. Um, okay, so I well, we can move into the college football playoff stuff now. Uh, thoughts on the first two games, actually the first semifinal game, the Peach Bowl, LSU routing Oklahoma 63-28, to and then the Fiesta Bowl, Clemson 29-23 over Ohio State. My first general thing I want to touch on, for people that are still hell-bent on eight, eight teams. Thank you. Preach. I mean, Preach. It's, you, you, it's can't unbelievable. Even, you can't even find four good teams. Uh, Oklahoma, like, I don't know, and I don't know – if you put Georgia in that game against LSU, or no. if you put a different, I, I I don't think it gets any better. LSU just trounced Georgia two weeks ago. Right, but, but so I were like a month ago. My sorry. my point being is more so that I genuinely don't think that you. It, it's a struggle to find four good teams like that that you can put in the top four. But if you make if you expand it to eight, you you just take away from the excitement factor and like of the regular season. Exactly. Like you're playing to be in that top four. You know, top eight is like, oh, you know, you can lose a game yes. or two and you're still involved in the conversation. I, I'm not so much against the six being the, you know, you do the five conference winners, you get the one at large team. I don't think the group of five teams should even be in the discussion unless they're, you know, undefeated and they have the track record. But but, but after the Peach Bowl, I was like, I cannot believe that people actually want to see eight teams in this thing. It's crazy. And I, I literally completely agree with everything you just said. I hope I want Eric Bach. I hope he's listening. He's calling the game for us on WDBM for Michigan, Michigan State at 130. But he's a big proponent of the 18 playoff. And he goes, wouldn't it have been nice to see Oregon or Wisconsin have a shot at LSU? Yeah, but they Guess wouldn't what? have had a they, shot. They, they wouldn't have had a shot. They still would have lost by three touchdowns. And it's not even that. I think the argument for people in the 18 playoff is it would be a lot of fun. <laughs> Guess what? It, it takes away a lot of fun from the college football regular season. Just because your holidays are boring and you want an 18 playoff for another like two weeks, like, come on. I, I, I think if you're going to expand it, six is the only way you can do it. Yeah. And, and you just do the two top teams get a bye. And like you said, five at large, They whoever wins their conference gets in, and then one at large. Yeah. 
Did I, I say five conference yeah, winners? Yeah, five Sorry. conference winners and the one Excuse at large. Me. I I also I have I like how they do the semifinals on the same day. It's nice. It would have been so nice. Someone tweeted this about being on New Year's Day yes. and having it one has se- to be on New Year's Day. One but having one semifinal game at like the before like the Rose the Bowl. The noon one, then Rose Bowl, then like the, the bigger one at night injected into my veins. The, I think the problem is I, I know the problem is that I don't think the Sugar Bowl is willing to move yeah. from New Year's Day. Which is fine. Because it's a tradition. Yeah. I understand that. And the Rose Bowl should never move from 5 o'clock to New Year's Day. It's one of the greatest traditions yeah. in sports. But that's it's the correct way to go. Yeah, They need to have – I think New Year's Day is college football's day. You need to get back to that. You need to I, – I, that, that's the perfect schedule. And I think the college football playoff is way better – when the semifinal games are the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl because they are playing those games on New Year's Day, not yeah. on New Year's Eve and not on December 28th. Yeah. I, Even though it's a good day, it regardless. Was. December 20th was a, was a very fun day. Me and yes. my buddies locked down in my buddy's basement. We made tons of food. The, granted, the LSU game was a letdown because it got out of hand. But, yes. the, but the Clemson game was just awesome. A great Great to have it on the same day. Obviously, you have to. I don't like how after the New Year's, New Year's uh, Six Bowls, there's like two like other random bowl oh, games I love it. before I love it. It's like what? Are, come on! I you like... can't wait to see Miami and Louisiana play each other in a couple of days in the Lending Tree Bowl. I no, I can't. I don't. I I don't care. I, I'm I'm so hyper focused on national championship now that anything anything after the bowl games on New Year's Day. I mean nothing to me. Let's talk about the national title game. Okay, let's talk about the national title game. So uh, I, I have a take because LSU is about a six-and-a-half-point favorite right now in Vegas, and I, I see a lot of people saying that's so much for Clemson. I don't think it's enough. I think LSU is this historically great, and I, I get that Oklahoma is one of the worst teams ever playing in the playoff. It's probably Oklahoma – this year, Oklahoma last year, Michigan State when they played Alabama, Ohio State when they played Clemson a couple of years ago, and they got housed. But LSU, like, they scored what, like 50 points in the first half? They're terrifying to watch. Their I second shake, best I receiver, Justin couch. Jefferson, had 200 yards and four TDs in the first half. Joe Burrow had seven touchdowns. Joe Brady in this offense can't be stopped. And I think you saw in the Ohio State-Clemson game, Clemson was very fortunate to win that game yes, with a were. couple of breaks. They got every break. Ohio State didn't get one of them. Ohio State drops a touchdown. They don't convert in the red zone. I think LSU is going to absolute how, absolutely house Clemson. Cle- like in Louisiana, too. In New Orleans. Yeah. That, it's going to be 70. It'll probably be like 65-35 LSU. That place will be bumping. I think I, I don't I I think it's gonna be a blowout. I truly believe that. Do you think that OSU would have matchup wise put up a better fight against LSU than Clemson will? I I no, but I do think I Ohio State has a better secondary, so that like lends the thing. You got a top five pick probably playing in one side of your cornerback. What's how, how do you say that guy's name? Okuda, the guy that everyone wants to lions to pitch. Jeff Okuda, yeah. yeah. He he was spectacular against T Higgins and Deion Kane. Is it is it Deion King? I don't yes. know what it is. Yeah. But Thank, whatever. Yeah. For Clemson's receivers. But no, I think those teams were evenly matched. I think Clemson kind of just came out a little slow. I, I, it's just like it's not about Clemson. It's just about how good LSU exactly. is. Exactly. And I, I, I think people discounted LSU's defense, and I've said this a, a, a couple times on SRZ, and I think I've said it on the Green and White Report previously, 
People think LSU's defense is really not that good. It really is that good. It's just the fact that their team's putting up 50 on people in the first half, and they don't really care in the second half. And they're playing like their third stringers. That's why people like Vanderbilt are putting up 28 points on them. So I I, I don't – and Joe Burrow, a guy who I don't necessarily think will be that – like he's not going to be this great in the pros, and I don't think his skill set is like so generational – it's just the numbers he's putting up now are just unbelievable, and right. it, it just shows how good of a scheme this LSU offense is. Yeah, I, I that's a good point about Burrow. I mean, obviously, I think that he he I don't think he's going to have a problem against Clemson. He has had a one of the greatest years in college football history. I agree with you about him in the pros. I mean, look, you, the guy literally has like eight seconds to sit back there and throw the ball. Oh yeah, it's like between his offensive line, the scheme, and the weapons he has on offense. Like it's a it's a it's a and that's not saying he's going to be successful. good, right? Right. I just like want to hear want to hear a hot take from me. I I think Justin Herbert's gonna have a better NFL career than Joe Burrow. Mm. Hot take. Just sit on it. That, that's a hot take. I'm gonna sit on that take. Actually, I'll squat I, on I it. mean, I have a hot. I I think Jacob Eason's gonna be really good in the pros. I hope so. What and I know Jake, he wasn't that good at Browning. What? What happened to Jake Browning? By Jake the way, Jake Browning graduated like yeah, but is he on a roster in the NFL? No, because he sucks. I actually thought he was decent. Jake, Jake Browning, he's good in, like, yeah. He's good in college. <laughs> Random thought about Jake Browning in Washington. It, there was, like, a stat about if you blitz Jake Browning, his, like, completion percentage was, like, 20%. Really? Like, he just, like, could not <laughs> handle the blitz. But, yeah. I don't know. Do you know Washington and Michigan play each other week one next year? Yeah. I was thrown off when one of my buddies said that to me. I don't know where that game is at. Is it's it? in Seattle. Oh, really? It's pretty cool, actually. I don't, I don't know how Washington's going to look They're not going to be that good, but still, that's pretty cool. But yeah. right, moving back to the national title game, I, I do you think Clemson has a chance? I just don't. I truly don't believe that. I, I'm, I feel like I'm naively saying no, but it's again, it's not about Clemson. It's not. That's <laughs> it's about that's LSU. Thing. They've LSU has given me zero reason to think that they won't do to Clemson what they've done to every other team this yes. year. Yes, and, and I get Clemson's got a lot of good guys on the defensive side of the football, but I think you saw Ohio State. Like kind of exposed that. Like Justin Fields had all day, all day in the in that and Fiesta Clemson Bowl. really was never in that game until like the second half. Yes, and Trevor Lawrence is fantastic, and he's arguably like Joe Burrow's me the number one pick this year. Trevor Lawrence is me the number one pick the next year. Trevor Lawrence is a guy I believe. Like I have no doubt in my mind he will succeed in the pros just because of the tools he has with yeah. his arm, his scramble ability. And just like his experience, he's gonna be successful. Joe Burrow, I think he'll be successful, but I still have some questions about his tools. So there, it's like different in that aspect. But I, I, like we said, it's not about Clemson. And I know Clemson trying to go bat to bat three out of four years. They have a lot of guys on that offense that were on the team last year when they absolutely housed uh, Alabama, and they were big, big underdogs in that game too. Like yeah. I, I think they were a touchdown underdog last year. So I, I think people are trying to cite another SEC West team that, hey, maybe Clemson's in a show that they're the class of college football, which they probably are. They're probably the best program in college football right now. But LSU is just like, they got too many weapons on both sides of the ball. Yeah. I, like Grant Delpit, yeah. like Darius Stinley on the defensive side of the balls. Those guys are both first-round picks. I uh, what at least as far as Clemson's concerned, they show me that, like, yes, they don't play anyone all year long. But they are still Clemson. Like that was yeah. a they look. Say what you will. They they came back. They fought hard, and they ended up ultimately. You know, they got the better of Ohio State. Bottom line. I do. You, did you believe Ohio State got screwed? Because I didn't. 
I I don't I don't think that they got screwed. I think that was the wrong call on the fumble that they called an incomplete pass. I think it was an incomplete pass, but at that point you couldn't like reverse it. Yeah, there were there were there were a couple moments to me where I just felt like Ohio State had to put the fo- put put the foot on the gas, and and they really didn't. And a couple questionable things on Ryan Day's end that like they I don't want to say it cost them the game. I just think Clemson did enough to come back and win. Like no, they, they Cle- did. Clemson took care of business. They had to step up and they did. No, and the thing like the targeting call that was the right call. Right, like, the it, rules you, bad. The rules bad, yeah. but it was the right call. Like you should not be throwing people out of games for that. I will say that for the end of time, but. It was targeting. Granted, you know, you, you you just don't watch college football if you don't think that's targeting. Correct. Like that's how they've called it all year. I think I understand the argument of like you know Trevor Lawrence is six foot five. He's leaning down to, to break the hit. Like he kind of leaned yes. into it. But it is targeting. That's, that's the just rule. how the rules. It's a, it's a yeah. stupid rule to kick a guy out of the game. But I I just think I think Clemson, when it mattered. Were, were, they were so clean on both sides of the ball. They didn't make mistakes. They executed what they had to do. And Ohio State just didn't. They didn't. They ran out of time. Ohio State. And yep. again, you throw the pick at the end, icing on the cake. Like that's you know what do you. Don't... I thought Ohio State was gonna like do it though. I didn't. I, I did like yeah. I, I I didn't have any doubt in my mind. I was like Fields is gonna lead them, and that was a fluky interception too. They the yeah, guy cuts his route off. But I don't know. I love college football. I I. Ugh. Bowl season, I know you don't like bowl season, but I, I think bowl season's very underrated if you're a college football fan, like being a really good time of year. No, I... Because I, you've got sports going on every single day. I, uh, I I like the bowl games. I like bowl season. I just I think there's too many. But okay. I, either way, um, do you... Sound like my grandma. I wish they just had them all on New Year's Day. Yeah, all 40 of them. Yep. Uh, my last question before we move on to uh, NFL stuff here. Do you think Ohio State will be back next year? Yeah, they're gonna be stacked. I think they lo- they're gonna lose Okuda, whatever you said. Right. They lose. I mean, they lose Chase Young, obviously. Dobbins, Dobbins. But like, it doesn't matter. It's Ohio State. Like, uh, when I think of like trying to describe teams like Ohio State, I just think of like the last five years. Just look at the people they've put in the NFL from their secondary. You're like, how is this team gonna replace? Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah. Oh, there's Malik Hooker. He just won the Big Ten like, <laughs> Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. Oh, there's Gary Conley. They just like they're gonna produce pros, and Ryan Day has proved that he's an animal in recruiting and in coaching. They're gonna be fine. Absolutely. That uh, national championship game, Clemson LSU, the one versus three, Monday, the thirteenth of January, eight p.m. Lock in. I wish they were, I wish it wasn't on a Monday too. I hate that too. It shouldn't <laughs> be on a Monday. Yeah, but whatever. Um. All right. Uh, 15 minutes left here on the show. Again, I'll throw the number out one more time if you want to weigh in on anything that we've talked about today. If you want to talk about some college football playoff stuff, we'd love to get back in that conversation. But we're moving ahead to football stuff. Well, actually, before we move on to NFL football, it's crazy the national title's not on a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's insane. Like, you People build your die, whole though. season. You build your whole season like we own Saturday. It should be the biggest Saturday of the year. Yeah. Yes. It should be the biggest Saturday of the year. But, they, but no, you do it on a Monday, and I gotta get out of like class and be like, "Oh, now I gotta watch this." Game. Yeah, I do. I You're have, dreading it. I have class till like six thirty on Monday. I gotta race home to get to watch this game. Um, no, but it'll like kick off at nine and then end at two thirty in the yeah, morning. Yeah, but if you, again, if you wanna join on the conversation, five one seven eight eight four eight nine eight nine. Text us, chat, chat us up, tweet us at WDBM Sports hashtag GW Report. Um, NFL playoffs now. Two great games yesterday. I don't know if they were Ooh. like great because they were like kind of stinky. But they were, I mean, the Bills-Texans game had me sweating, and I don't like either of those teams. Dude, The jo- I mean, Josh like Allen went viral yesterday for trying to, like, 
do the like fumble roosty slash just like pitching it yeah. back to no one when there was a minute no, left. No, I actually don't hate it. There was good. There was there a was guy. A, in his area. tight end was right there. But if, if he if he would have gotten that off perfectly, that would have been unbelievable. Yeah, but it was so idiotic and yeah. it looked so bad. It was hilarious. He, I don't know what kind of. Uh, pre-workout that Josh Allen did. Dude, takes, he, was he was ready yeah. to eat someone's face yeah. off. <laughs> it was, it was, I don't know if he was like on bath salts, but he was awesome. Uh, yeah, he, I like him jumping out, trying to jump over a guy like, yeah, even for, like, like he, six yards away from a first out. I'm like, buddy, you're going to kill yourself. Yeah, he's like, he's going to run, he's going to run out of bounds and he's hurtling people. Like, uh, like, like you said, six yards away from the first down. Um, that game, 22 to 19, final overtime, Texans over the Bills. Uh, the other game, the wild card game, Titans over the Patriots 20 to 13. Let's think on the Bills Texans game. I think Bill O'Brien stinks. Oh, so bad. How so do you not bad. Okay, uh fourth and one. You're kicking the field goal. As a person who had Texans minus three, you <laughs> kicked the field goal. But I get that. I, I, I understand going for and just ending it there because you kicked the field goal. How much time was left? Like a minute? Minute eleven. Yeah, a minute 11, 11 or something like that. They do have a chance with the football, but if you're reading the temperature of that game. I think you kind of understand that I don't think the Bills are going to be able to come down with no timeouts in a minute 11 and drive down the field to score a touchdown. Yeah, from the 20. And, and I, I think, like, I know, like, QB Steve never, like, not works. It didn't work there. Yeah. Like, I, I, I like, I get the call. Right. I don't I'd... think it's a egregiously bad call. I think it's an aggressive call. Yeah. But if you're taking the temperature of that game, like I just said— I think if you kick the field goal, you're probably going to win. Yeah, I think, again, temperature of the game, your defense played well enough all game yes, long. Yes, that, that is the point. Like Their defense was fine in that second yeah, half. So, so I say you take your three, you're up by six, and you make the Bills go, whatever, if they you know account, the touch, account for the touchback, you have to go 80 yards in a minute with yeah. no timeouts. Go ahead, beat us. Because, yeah, again, they did enough to get their three, but if you have an extra three on there, you're not going to overtime. Either way, I don't think the Texans survive this next week. I, I'm not. I think they are a, a step behind coaching wise. Deshaun Watson made some great plays. I don't get the I, the hype around Deshaun Watson. I think is a little much in my opinion. Mm, I, I I think yesterday he proved some things. Like he single handedly won that game for the Texans. Fair enough. He um, was really good. I think Josh Allen. I think both those quarterbacks will be like. Pretty like pretty good quarterbacks for the next five or six years. I said after the game yesterday, after the Bills game, Josh Allen will be back in this game and he will get it done in the future. I, I also I I mean the Bills going forward, they're pretty set. They're set up to be a pretty good team. The Nets like five or like that's four or five years. It'll be interesting if the Bills are the first team to win the AFC East. Like I mean, they have to be. No one else is even close. But you think I, so? I mean, dude, the Jets take over the, the Patriots crown. I, so we can. That's a. I wanna, we can move into that conversation then, if you because the Bills Texans like whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. Texans no one's won. no no one's gonna win anything meaningly meaningful out of that game. Correct. So we, now we go to Titans Patriots again. Titans twenty to thirteen over the Patriots on the road. Before we talk about the game, is the dynasty over? Do you subscribe no, to that? I, at I all? don't subscribe to that. I. I also think Tom Brady will probably be back. I don't. Get, I can't. I can't believe that people think that he's not going to be in a Patriots uniform next year. It's crazy. He's, they he's don't have any backup plan. Well, they have Stidham. Yeah, but they're not going to play Stidham. But I, I, I just, I don't get. I don't know if people are in that mindset that he's going to go to. A, if he's not with the Patriots, he's going to retire. Yes. That's the bottom line. He I has enough money. He doesn't care. I don't know if people are in the mindset of like it's going to be like a mutual thing that he's going to go elsewhere and like 
I heard people be like, yeah, he could go to the Chargers because he's from California. They already have a 500-year-old quarterback who yep. we're not sure is coming back. The, the Patriots getting rid of Tom Brady or parting ways with him – based on what this organization is and what they built up, would be insane to me. Why would Tom Brady want to go anywhere else? I, I don't know. At 40 year whatever years old. And people are like, well, the Patriots are going to move on. They're not going to. No, they're not. Like, Bob Kraft and, like, the whole, tra- like, in Belichick, I get Belichick, like, the, there was a whole rumor that they're like, hey, let's move on for Brady and go to Garoppolo a couple of years ago. I don't know if there's a lot of truth to that, but at the same like, if Brady says he's going to play next year, he's going to be on the Patriots. Yes. I get he didn't have a great year. He's still an so, above-average uh, yes, quarterback. Yes, very serviceable. Absolutely. Like he, he's not, like, a top-five quarterback anymore. Maybe not top ten. But he's very serviceable. And with the defense they already have there in New England, if you're able to surround him with enough pieces on the offensive end in the next couple of years, you can win some football games they went what twelve and four with them this year. Yeah, ex- not bad. Exactly. Like people, are, oh, the dynasty's over. In what sense? You won twelve games this year. You're right where you've been for the last two decades. Like I, like I don't, I don't understand. I it get at all. losing to the Dolphins and Titans the end of year is just like a different taste in the mouth. Like that doesn't yeah. feel like the Patriots. And I don't know. Maybe is Belichick gonna move? I don't know who moves no. on first. I, I. I think I think Brady retires before Belichick. They might go out together. That's a, I, I I don't know. So the whole Patriots and like, it's not over until like those guys leave. In my mind, I'm curious to see what happens with Josh McDaniels because he like dude he stinks he, at his job. But he pump he pump faked on like Indianapolis last year or whatever. Yeah. And then I guess like the I think the Browns are the are the team that wants him or whatever. Why do you want to hire a Patriots coordinator? Look at Matt Patricia. Yeah. It never. That's why I don't know if like they're trying to groom him to be the next head coach when Belichick. I, I don't think know. They what are. I, I don't yeah. know what their plan is. I think McDaniel's knows that. That's why he doesn't really want to leave. He's got the best job security of all time. Oh, all time. But um, yeah, I don't. As far as the Belichick Brady thing, to think the dynasty is over, I think I mean they're gonna go. I, and like you said, their needs they have to address are very easily identifiable. Yeah, like, like it, their maybe, defense yeah. is fine. Yes, like, their offensive line is fine. I know people aren't so high on Sony Michelle, but like you need to get get a get Tom a couple more weapons. You had Nikhil Harry who came on yes. in the scene late in, late in the year. He was hurt to start the year. You get him a couple more weapons. They're gonna be fine. Like Tom Brady's job is not that hard when you're playing for the Patriots. I would say the mystique of the Patriots is gone though. Yeah, it, it, it was a very poetic ending for the pick six to end Tom Brady's last play of the year. I, like, I'm not saying they're going to be – like, I still think they're going to win the division next year. In yeah, the AFC me is. too. But it's not going to be like they're in the AFC championship game every year. It doesn't matter. It's not going to be like that anymore. Right. That might – that I don't think that's the end of a dynasty, but I, I they're just – the mystique of them being in the AFC championship automatically is gone. And what's funny is my buddies and I were talking after the game ended, like, the, to be a Patriots fan, your expectation is literally to be in the AFC championship game. Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl every year. It's crazy. It's, it like, is a Lions fan who my expectation is at least more win more than six games. It's a very, very different lifestyle that you get to live we as a Patriots We go 9-7 and, seven and like, get, get housed in a wild card game. We're like, best season in 20 years. Yes, ex- exactly. But we'll move on from the AFC wild card games. We have the two NFC wild card games today. Vikings, Saints. Seahawks, Eagles. I don't know if we want to do picks. I don't know if we got the music. I don't even know what we want to do with this one. We'll go with the okay. We'll go with the music. Do you know what the spreads are on these games? Vikings plus eight, 
And I believe the Eagles, last time I checked, were minus one and a half. The Eagles are a favorite to win that game? Yes. Wow. I, 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 let's just, like, not, like, go, like, in order. Let's just, like, let's start with, let's start with the first game, Vikings-Saints. I actually like the Saints. I mean, the Vikings to cover plus eight in the Dome. I know that's crazy because New Orleans is basically practically unbeatable at home this year. And Michael Thomas is unfair at football. Uncoverable. Unfair. I watched a Tennessee Titans-Saints game, and it was incredible. They yeah. were just throwing them every single play. But I, I, I do think the Vikings have kind of been under the radar for how good their defense has been. And I know Kirk Cousins doesn't show up in big games. I just think their defense will show up a little bit more than people thought. And then Eric Kendricks maybe makes a big play. The Neil Hunter, like Everson Griffin, their defense has kind of regained its old form. I think the Vikings will keep it close, but the Saints will win. I, I actually like the Saints to cover. The Saints at home are, like you said, borderline yes, unbeatable. Yes, the dome's unfair. You just, you just don't know what Kirk Cousins you're going to get today. And I even if they do, the Saints are winning this game. No, like, for I, sure. Like, no question. I would love to see the Saints go to the Super Bowl. I, I, I think a lot of people would because I think Drew Brees – has had the type of career where he's deserved to get to that second Super Bowl. Has he been to two Super Bowls? I know he's only won one. I don't know. Obviously. If, I don't think he's been to two. Yeah, I don't that's know. what I'm saying. I don't like, know if he's, he's been had the to career two. where he's had. He should have the opportunity to win a second one, maybe. So I think a lot of people would like to see that, and I think the Saints right now are the hottest team in the NFC. Yeah, I, that, they've been good all year long. Yeah. Even with Teddy Bridgewater, they've been great. Um, so yeah, I'll take the Saints to cover. Why not? Okay. Yeah, I, I like the Vikings and the Nets game. Eagles minus one and a half. No way, dude. No way. I cannot believe they're, they shouldn't even dude, be in the, the playoffs. Dude, the Eagles had a weird vibe about them. Like, with Doug Peterson and just, like, Eagles, like, playoffs. Like, I don't know. I kind of like the Eagles. Dude, I, I got to go a Seahawks money line. Like, absolutely. I dude, can't... the Seahawks will play down to their competition. It doesn't matter who they play. It's going to be a close game. Yeah, that's, that's fair. I just think the Seahawks have... They're one of those teams who, like, everyone really thought of at the beginning of the year. And then you're like, wait a second, the Seahawks have, like, one of the best records in the NFL. Like, what Yeah. What happened? I, I don't see it from the Eagles. I that, that division is so embarrassingly bad. I don't even think the Eagles deserve to be here. Not that the Cowboys deserve to be there either. Yeah. But it was like, just a matter of who's, who's going to be the best, worst team out of that division, and it happened to be the Eagles. I think this game will be a track meet because... I think Russell Wilson will actually be able to expose how bad Philadelphia secondary is. And Philadelphia is a mash unit. Everyone on their team's hurt. They're yeah. playing Dred Ward Jr., who was the quarterback at Houston like two years ago. He's playing wide receiver for the Philadelphia Eagles right now. So like they, they, they got a mash unit. I think Zach Ertz is playing today, but I, I, I do like the Eagles. I think the Eagles are no win. There's something there's something off with the Seahawks team. Yeah, I, I hear you. Marshawn Lynch, though, you never yeah, know. Yeah, who cares? That's that's true. That was a that was an incredible story. How are you allowed to come back that late in the year, like sign with yeah, the team? Well, yeah, I thought there was a rule for that. I don't know. They should they should have gotten Gronk back for one game. No, that's why. That's what I thought. Like I thought like Gronk had to like make the decision by November, week thirteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It made no sense to me. Who knows? Um, okay. Either way, that Vikings Saints game will kick at one oh five. Seahawks Eagles at four forty. Uh, let's talk. We got a couple more minutes here. We can talk grand scheme playoff thing. I mean, who is the team to beat? Is it the Ravens? Who's your team to beat? You're the my, host. My team. My team to beat is the Niners. 
You think so? I, I think I think I it, I mean again, how easy is it to look at the Niners and Ravens and go, these are the two best teams. They have like the two best records. The Packers, the Packers to me, are, it's like kind of funny that they're in the playoffs. I don't think the I think the the Packers are a fraud. The, no one, the the Texans won't go far. The Titans won't go far. Between the Eagles and Seahawks, the Seahawks maybe have a shot. The Saints, I think, are the only team competing that can like make a statement. I don't know. I, I it's it's wide open. Yes. It really is. Yeah. Like I, I the Ravens and, and Niners to me are the most complete best teams that are left. The Ravens have this attitude about them. Like they know like they're they're, they're, so they're the big swing and you know what in the room. Yeah. Like they really are. And I, I'm like, so excited to watch Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. I mean you saw him last year he wasn't great. I get their offensive steam is not the same as it was last year. I think Kansas City. This might be the year they get to the, finally get to the Super Bowl. It might. It might just be set up for them to to win. Like because I mean, again, you have the Texans. Like that's a. Yeah. I chalk that as a win. They they might have it just get set up for them to where like they just walk to the Super Bowl. It's not walked because they would have to go play at Baltimore. Because I, I I truly don't believe Tennessee is going to be able to beat. Yeah, that's right. Like uh, the Ravens, but. I, I just there's something about Mahomes and they've kind of like picked it up a little bit on defense. I think people are overreacting to what their defense has done against bad teams, but I I think it's like at the point where like Mahomes will go out and win a track meet in the AFC Championship game and then maybe in the Super Bowl. I I, I my Super Bowl is San Francisco and Kansas City. I I, I hate to be that guy that goes the Super Bowl going to be. Dude, I don't know San Francisco and in the Ravens, but like it's like the easiest thing to pick. But I, I'm gonna look out for your for your Kansas City take. I don't hate it. Like they they I, look yeah. There's something if, about if the them. Patriots weren't so loaded last year. I think Kansas City would have gotten it done. Like Kansas they City was, got it they done. were awesome last year. Kansas City that was like dude. Kansas City last year is like the Ravens of this year. It's like yeah. this young, this cool young team that like has this swagger about them, and they're you it's know not they're, even that. Like they still have all those weapons. Like they're still like they every single guy in their team like runs like a four four. I don't know how, where they find these guys. Like where they find like Miko Hardman was not that good at Georgia. He just wasn't. Yeah. And now he's just like returning kicks. Demarcus Robinson wasn't that good at Florida. They're just like let's find SEC guys who are five stars, not that good, and just draft them, and they'll be good for us because we know how to like work a scheme perfectly. Now, uh, assuming the Saints win today, and I think they will, do they? Do you think they have a shot? What do you mean? What do you? They don't play the 49ers next week. No, though. I'm saying, I'm saying, if they if they beat the Vikings today, yeah, I think they have a shot to, to go. To, I mean, to win it all. Where do, you, eh, where, do they, w- where do they fit into that conversation with the Niners, they probably Ravens, got like the Chiefs? F- fourth best odds, and they got Breeze, but Breeze, it's not, it's not like Breeze is like going to carry a team to the Super Bowl. I think it's just like they got like great pieces on the defensive side of the football. And if they are able to get Kamara going, like he, he started to like kind of figure it out at the end of the season. But if Kamara's the guy he was last year in this playoffs, they have a very good possibility to cut down the nets figuratively. So you have so you have Niners, Niners, Chiefs in your Super Bowl, and you have yes. the Chiefs winning. I have the Chiefs winning, yes. And for you, I, I gotta go look, I don't this is gonna be ridiculous. Niners, Ravens, I'll take the Ravens. Why not? John oh. Harbaugh. The superior of brothers to Jim Harbaugh. I nothing better than uh I love when uh people really like, hey John Harbaugh's on the outs there yeah. in uh, Baltimore. Maybe Seriously. he'll come to Detroit. Yeah, okay. I'm sure. like, yeah, whatever. I'm like, okay, dad. <laughs> All right. 
this is the end of our show today. What? Wow. Good, I'll tell you what. You can pay yourself on the back, producing on the social media, co-hosting, just you and I. That unbelievable hey. job for you today. I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but I thought I did a pretty good job. You've started 2020 off hot. I don't know if you can. You, you're going to have to top this somehow eventually during the year. Probably won't, but uh, I will have to mention too. Again, one more thing I want to mention. Uh, if you want to listen to the Green and White Report in podcast version, we are on Spotify now. We are on iTunes. Finally, Green and White Report. Search us up. Thanks again to Steph and whoever else made that happen. We're on there. Stay right here on Channel 88.9. Julian Mitchell and Eric Bach on the call for Michigan State and the University of Michigan live from the Breslin Center. That tips off at 1.30. Thank you for listening to the Green and White Report today. Hope you had a great holiday, great New Year's. We have a lot of great things planned for you in 2020. Stay with us next Sunday and every Sunday, 11 a.m. For Ryan Rabinowitz, myself, and Ryan Collins, this is the Green and White Report. We'll see you next week. been listening to the green and white report on wdbm for all your sports news and notes go to impact 89fm.org sports